Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. If you're new to the show, what we do here is we review two shows in their entirety, usually, uh, from an internet streaming platform, Netflix, Amazon Prime, what have you. Give our thoughts of impressions and be great at the end. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing uh, episode three of Lovecraft Country. We're going to be um, uh, talking about two shows that you can find, one on Amazon and one on Netflix. Uh, the first one is High Score, which is a documentary about video games. And the second one is Tales from the Loop, which you can find on Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me is Josh Fisher and Betty Badger. How are you guys doing today? Well, I'll go first. <laughs> I am about two centimeters away from a nervous breakdown, but other than that, I'm great. So I'm here. I'm alive. It's all good. Josh, uh, I'm all right. I'm okay. How are you doing? I expected a better follow-up, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a softball. Uh, so I figured out a hack that I think you guys could uh, very, very much, bleh, very well benefit from. Um, if you if you like Cheetos or Takis, um, or even hot Cheetos and Takis, you know that like Cheeto dust against all of your fingers. Yeah. Eat them with chopsticks. No. Eat them with chopsticks. You never what? get them on your fingers. You never get the just on your fingers. Have you seen those those info commercials with the guys who have the 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 fongs that, that you put on your fingers and you can pick up like barbecue and stuff with them and you don't get the sauce on your fingers? I'd rather use those than chopsticks. I'm horrible with chopsticks. Oh no, those, I would rather actually- get the sauce all over my fingers. And lick it off. Uh, yeah, that is kind of the then fun you can part see of it. Exactly where I grabbed Misty's butt. <laughs> uh, the reason I did this, hey, I've I've gotten really good with chopsticks over the years because I wanted to, and the way that I trained myself was eating um, uh, popcorn with them. And then when I got really good with popcorn, I tried with Skittles. And uh, when you can get really good with Skittles with with uh, chopsticks, you're you're good to go. But um. Yeah, I was I was eating a bunch of uh, hot Cheetos, and uh, I didn't think about it. I'd rub my fingers off on a paper towel, but that wasn't enough. So then when I went and adjust my nuts, well, <laughs> was, so I was like, I got to figure out another path to this, uh, and it's worked. I mean, I I it's great. Like I I just lick your fingers, man. <laughs> Keep a wet wipe with you. <laughs> yeah, because he ain't licking his nuts. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Well, I can't reach it. Trust me, I, hey, that's that's a, that's a hard move to pull off. Every time I always tried it, I just kept falling off the couch. You know, I know. I think every guy I've ever known has said, "If I could do it, I'd do it." Yeah, when they see a dog licking his own nuts, he's you know, like, yeah. You I know what's funny? You know what's funny is I've always I've made the joke. I've made the joke, but I've never actually tried. Who would exactly? I, oh, I've made. Pants. I've I've made the joke too, but yes, never actually tried. I've I mean, that would be like me saying, "Yeah, if I could eat out my own pussy, I'd do it." I can't do that. <laughs> I am not that flexible. <laughs> uh, a fucking uh, a friend of mine 
we were over hanging out at his house one day and his dog was on the couch just sitting there licking away he says man i wish i could do that i was like well go right ahead but just be careful you might scare him and he might bite you in the face oh my god jesus you're horrible i really am <laughs> uh before we get into uh all the shows that we're going to review um there's two things i kind of want to bring up the first one is the unfortunate passing of chaswick bodeman sorry yes. chadwick, chadwick. jesus uh he um for about four years now he's been battling colon cancer and nobody knew about it because he was very um um secretive of his private of his private life and uh um, people that have worked with him, uh, Ryan Coogler and the, the Russo brothers and uh, I'm trying to remember the guy who directed 42. Uh, they all were talking about how he, he kept everything to, very close to his chest when it came to his personal life, but was one of the most friendly and open people you'd ever meet. Um, if you don't know, he, he played uh, mo more popular for a lot of people, Black Panther, which was a, a huge deal to a lot of uh, black kids around the country. So, you know, he brought that he brought T'Challa to life, and um, I think we'll all be ever forever, forever grateful to him for that. Uh, Dude, I'm telling you, his performance when he showed up for the first time in um, Winter Soldier, Civil War. I I thought he showed up for the first time in Winter Soldier. Nope, he was, was in Civil he was, War. Civil War, yeah. My bad, my bad. It's all right. Regardless. I never cared about Black Panther as a character because I never had much, much exposure to him, even when I read comics. Uh, because in the 90s and early 2000s, when I was heavy into comics, he uh, wasn't a very prevalent character. He was brought back into the limelight in you know, the past 10, 15 years. But for the longest time, he wasn't that prevalent in things that I was reading. So I never had cared much for him but when i saw him show up in civil war and saw that performance i was more amped up and hyped for his uh his upcoming appearances than anything especially his solo movie and absolutely loved loved his movie watched it again this weekend sunday morning um, yeah because it's just absolutely horrible um what happened absolutely yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't know. I knew of Black Panther, but I didn't know about Black Panther until it came out as a movie, and I thought it was fabulous. And he was such a good actor in that, and the whole movie was amazing. And to know that he was battling through this the whole time, it just—it's mind blowing. Yeah, you know, because it takes a lot out on you. Oh yeah, but yeah. he was. He was, he persevered and, you know, he was such a good guy and he never wanted other people to feel bad for him, you know? Exactly. And he, he became a role model and an icon for so many mm -hmm. young kids, uh, especially in the, in the black community across the world, not just in the country, but across the world. I mean. It, he, it's devastating. I know several of my friends uh, are really, really shook up by this. Um, 
my friend, my friend Daffote, he's, he's devastated. He's like, this one hurts. This one really hurts. It, it's, it, it sucks, man. When you lose an, when, when you lose an icon like that in, in, Especially look, one that's so representative. Yeah, I was gonna say it was, it was his talent. To. His talent was astronomical. Uh, his oh, his portrayal yes. as yeah his his portrayal as as uh, you know, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Oh and, my god, uh, forty two is so good. Uh, but not just that. Like his, as uh, uh, oh my god, is it, is it Thurgood? Hold on, wow, Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall, thank you. Um, and. Um, James Brown. Yeah. Like he <laughs> it's that's the thing about this world that sucks. Is it's always like the best of the best are gone too quick. Yeah. One way or another. And then you get stupid fuckers like Adam Carolla saying dumb shit about anti masks on Twitter. Oh dear God. So it's frustrating. But you know, at least we got to spend time with him. I think that at the end of the day, we have to keep in mind that when we lose somebody like this, when we, um, as a collective of a society, lose someone this powerful, we have to keep in mind that we got to spend time with him. He shared a part of his soul with all of us. And he's and, left a legacy. Yeah. You know, that hopefully will endure thanks to, you know, the presence he gave to you know young children of color and that they can they can be superheroes too it's not just for white people mm -hmm. you know he was such a good guy it, it it really hits home for me when people close to my age pass away you know it, it just because it reminds you very much you are mortal you know and and death takes everyone rich or poor yeah, you know, I had a friend pass away from the same thing just a couple of years ago, and he battled it for about four years. And the toll that it took on him, it was horrible. Uh, he was in a coma for two weeks when he first got diagnosed. They first found out he was in a coma for two weeks, and they didn't expect him to live through it because it was so bad when they found him. Uh. And he hung on and fought for four more years. And, uh, yeah, uh Seeing pictures of him, I was like, man, is he losing weight for a role or is he sick? What was going on? And I didn't, you know, I figured it was probably he was just so committed to his craft that he was losing weight for a role because we've seen people do that. Yeah. A lot of people were thinking. But a lot of people were making fun of him, too, on how he looked. And then to, in hindsight, to know that there were people ridiculing him and making fun of him. That's why you should just not be a dick. Ugh. Don't be a dick. Why be a dick? It's like when I had my gallbladder issues, I was losing weight and very rapidly. And I didn't know why. I thought that it was all the exercise I was doing. Turns out I was dying. You know, I mean, it, people don't need to comment on other people's bodies. It's none of your fucking business. And it's rude. It's so rude. Yep. You don't know what they're going through, you know. Well, that's, that's a perfect example. Nobody knew. We didn't know as a society. We didn't know what he was going through, and that's it's 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 uh it's very sad. Yeah. Very, so very sad. I think all three of us here at All Cued Up, you know, want to 
give our condolences to the um, Bozeman family, the estate, as they say. And uh, uh, rest in peace. Lots of love and light, man. You know. Rest in power, King T'Challa. There you yeah. go. On a lighter note. Um, Wakanda forever. <laughs> uh, on a lighter note, um, it is someone's birthday today as of recording this. We can record on Wednesdays, if anyone didn't know. And as of uh, September 2nd, it is Keanu Reeves' birthday. Or the, uh, the, human, the human puppy, as I like to call him, because nobody <laughs> hates Keanu Reeves. If you hate Keanu Reeves, there's something wrong with you as a human being. Yes. Um, I, I really want to see the new Bill and Ted, but I don't, I can't spend $20 on a movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that he's going to hear it, but happy birthday, dude. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> he's made it so far, you know, he hasn't gone off the rails at any major point and I mean, that's amazing in that industry. Oh, yeah. He was in an interview recently where he was talking about how, like, the guy was like, how do you remain a humble, um, how do you remain so humble in, in, in doing these roles and stuff and having so many people love what you do? And he was just like, it's just art, man. I'm just, I'm just doing art. I'm not, like, I'm not doing anything spectacular. I'm not saving the world. I'm just making movies. I was yeah. like, how, how, how can we not love you more, sir? <laughs> like, yeah, he's very humble. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's not like, it, it, it clearly wasn't like forced or fake humbleism. It was straight, like, just yeah. totally fucking honest. Yeah, and I love the fact that he's got a girlfriend that's his own age. And she's beautiful. And he's not out there chasing 20-year-old skirts going, all right, all right, all right, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I'm in an age cap relationship, and I'm saying that. So that's fucking hilarious to me. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate well, that he, he loves the mature woman. <laughs> at least you're not in an age gap relationship like, like uh, Kid Rock right now. Oh, my God. Is he in one? Oh, boy. Well, I'll pull up that real quick because I, re- I don't remember who it is. Um she was a Waffle House waitress. Oh no! I'm sure, I'm sure uh, she was. Kid Rock and Loretta Lynn. Wait, what? Uh huh. Huh. I did what? not see that coming. Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn. Country singer. Loretta Lynn, eighty-eight. Oh my uh, god! <sighs> Wait, oh yeah, huh. Loretta Lynn and Kid Rock got married over the weekend. Yeah. What? Wow. My mind uh, has been blown. <laughs> they did it during her son's vow renewal. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Kid Rock. What the fuck? You know. Well, he's a little asshole. Yeah. No. I was I was making a joke that he married a Waffle House waitress that he met while he was, you know, after a show one night. But wow, that's okay. It's like Harold uh, and Maude. It's I don't, so weird. I've I've avoided the internet a lot in the past few days, so. I, yeah, I got I got I'm right there with you, man. On some things that I've seen, it's just like I can't today. I just got to go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I went downstairs to get ready to make dinner or something, and I pulled out my phone to because I just like to watch dumb TikToks of it. Like it just it's just fun, waste time and. 
you get some good shit out of it. And um, uh, I, I open it up and like Twitter has said something and I was just like, what the fuck is this? And I scroll down. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? What the <laughs> fuck? And, my, and I said it to my mom out loud and she was like, not Loretta Lynn, like Loretta Lynn's daughter, right? And I was like, it says Loretta Lynn. <laughs> she was like, no. My dad goes, isn't she like... I wonder if he... Is- she goes, he goes, isn't she the same age as, as, as your mom? And my mom goes, I'm not fucking 88, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I fucking lost. I was, I was cracking up. I wonder if he's going to do a version of older women. I want to hear Kid well, Rock sing older women make beautiful he's, lovers. He's, appara- he's, he's apparently doing a version of an older woman. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a version of an older woman. <laughs> Oh God! Wow. <laughs> well, many blessings upon their union. <laughs> I'm mean, a good Southerner, and I will say something nice. <laughs> it's it's that constant like, oh oh, bless well, their heart. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's 49, so you know it's not okay. It's still a big big gap. I mean, it's still 39 years. <laughs> yeah, she's like old enough to be his grandma. Uh-huh. That's yeah. wow. My parents are only about 30 years older than me. No, my mom's not even that. She's 27 years older than me. I'm 25 years older than Lydia, and Jeff is 42 years older than Lydia. So yeah, definitely could be grandma if they if like uh young enough situation, but Yikes. Well, my grandma, she was a grandma at 36. My mom was 21 when she had me. Just Yeah, that runs in my family too. We have them young. Don't ever feel bad about your age gap. Straight up. Because now you know this exists. Oh, I don't feel bad about it at all. I mean, (laughs) when we got together, I was called all kinds of things. I was a gold digger. I was a bitch, you know, I was like, yeah, if I was a gold digger, would I still be here? You know, I mean, I've been through hell and back with this man. Do you think I'd really still be sitting here? I'd love him. I'd live with him in a shack if that's what it came down to. I've never apologized for it. Nobody really ever says anything. But I do remember when he had a stroke. This is the first time anyone ever said anything like this. I went up to the nurse's desk in the ICU and I was talking to her about his condition. He's drugged out of his fucking mind at this point. And she's like, oh, and you're the daughter. And I just looked at her and I was like, no, I'm the wife. Her face turned about five different shades of red and she just stuttered. And I was like, it's okay. Just let me know what's going on. You know, (laughs) I knew it was going to happen one day. You know, it just, it, that was that day. I was like, well, kudos to you. You're the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, <clears throat> now that we got all those, all, the, all that out of the way. Um, so what would you guys think of uh, episode three of Lovecraft Country? I thought it was the best episode yet. I agree. Mm-hmm. It oh. was fucking awesome. It was a lot of fun and it creeped Misty the fuck out. And as soon as she rolled over and went to sleep last night, I waited about 30 seconds and I got down at the end of the, where her feet were and started tugging at the <gasps> fucking blanket. I kicked you in the face. <laughs> she tried. She, she got short legs. 
How is it that I'm an asshole for griefing you in Fall Guys and buying my nephews a loud birthday present, but you... Oh, we're all assholes, sweetie. We're all assholes. It's like when Jeff and I got together, one of my favorite things to do to him was when he was in the shower, I'd take a big glass of ice water and dump it on him right in the middle of the shower. Yep. I don't do that anymore. (laughs) Sometimes for shits and giggles, I'll smear Vaseline all over the toilet seat just to see if Misty will fall off. Oh, my God. I scare Uh, my sister coming out of the bathroom. I'll creep into the hallway and be really, really quiet. So when she comes out of the bathroom, she doesn't know I'm there. And she's really fun to scare. She dumps and she screams. She hasn't hit me yet. <laughs> I'm waiting because the day is going to come. She's going to knock the shit out of me, but she is yet to hit me. <laughs> you ever put baby powder in the hairdryer? Oh, no, but I've seen that one. And then see, that can cause ovarian cancer, so I can't do that. <laughs> oh, hmm. maybe flour. Yeah. Flour, I'd kill you. That'd be a bitch to clean up. <laughs> yeah. See, we, we we like to pull some practical jokes from time to time. It's been a while since I pulled one. I can't pull them anymore because Madison tails on me. She goes straight to Misty anytime I'm trying to pull something. Well, don't well, tell her. She, you know, I don't try to, I try not to tell her. She catches me in the act. What are you doing? I'm like, Promise you won't say anything? Yeah. All right. Whatever. And she goes and straight tells her. See, my kid plays both sides. She giggles behind each of our backs with the other one. Yeah. So, I I don't know how I feel about that, but that's what she does. She doesn't betray, but I don't expect her to always be on my side. (laughs) Oh, Madison, total betrayer. Total betrayer. She never. She's loyal to Misty, and she betrays me every time. She's the snitch. She absolutely is. <laughs> you, you, you could not rob a bank with her because you would end up going to jail because she would tell. She'd raise her hand. I did it. I was there Lydia when they be planned like, it. Bitch, exactly you need to run. <laughs> oh yeah, we're supposed to be talking about Lovecraft Country. I'm sorry. We, we are, yeah. That was yeah. That was, Lovecraft <laughs> Country was amazing. Jeff was upset because he he didn't like the ghost so much. But it's like really? I explained to him. Well, because Lovecraft really didn't write a lot of ghost stories. But it's like I explained sure. to him. This is the Lovecraft universe. It's not based on a story he wrote. It's just based in the universe he created. So you can have ghosts. That's totally acceptable to me. And that's that's one of the best ghost things I've seen in a hot minute. Uh, I enjoyed I it. it. And I was, uh, uh, go ahead, Greg. I was going to say, this, the, the, the episode started very slow for me. Like, mm-hmm. it was a constant, like, uphill situation but like at first i was like <clears throat> i got about ha- i want to say about halfway and i was just kind of like oh, this episode's kind of boring and then when it got to the whole like her uh like letitia having to deal with like when she took the bat basically outside excuse you letitia fucking lewis mm-hmm. have to have mm-hmm. you at calm down sir uh no when she took the bats out- outside and she started like breaking the windows and stuff that's when the show ramped up for me or the episode ramped up. But at the beginning, I was just kind of like, mm, this is kind of slow compared to the other ones. And then the ending, good gravy. That was the best ending yet of an episode. Yeah, I can't wait till Sunday. 
Yeah, I'm man. Excited. Oh, I, I loved too the the whole like okay, this is set we now know in 1955. Um, mm-hmm. We knew it was after 53. We just didn't know exactly when, but now we know it was 1955. And I love how you know she bought a house and moved, and bought a rundown shitty house in a very 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 white bread neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um. And the problems that it caused, and it gives you that just it continues to show you, hey, if you weren't white, it sucked back then, you know. Uh, and that's what Trump wants to bring us back to is that wonderful 1950s. And it's like, yeah, I know what that's code for, you white racist asshole. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking um, about that actually with um, a couple of friends of mine this weekend, you know, the the abject racism that is shown in this show, you know, we're dealing with Lovecraftian issues, but at the same time, you're seeing a guttural truth that a lot of Americans have trouble facing that it even happened. You know, we have Holocaust deniers. Of course we have people who deny racism exists. Mm -hmm. It's not surprising, but yeah, it's, the way they're going at this, I'm just so impressed. I'm so I'm I'm very excited to see what they're going to bring to the table next week. That's, How are think, they going to top it? I was telling my dad about the show because I said I think that's my favorite thing is that it's it's showing two kinds of monsters. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it it's really smart to take somebody who we've talked about this already, but really smart to take somebody who is already a racist. And repurpose their their work to shit on racists. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking brilliant, and I'm I'm like a hundred percent behind this show, and I, I can't wait to see what they do with it more. But <clears throat> I think we're all in agreement. The show is constantly getting better. Yeah, I- it's constantly surprising. It it's very gritty and real, and at the same time, fantastic. It's it's a good mashup of everything for what we need right now. Society needs something like this right now. You know, we need a common enemy and it's not people of color and it's not just Republicans. You know, it's, it's assholes. We all agree. We hate assholes, right? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. People that are assholes, you know, to, for this, you know, like ball busting with your friends is one thing. I'm talking about being an asshole. We're talking people being assholes to everyone they encounter uh, yep. for whatever reasons. You know, Greg and I joke around how he's an asshole when we play video games together because, you know, he, he utilizes mechanics that are built into it and plays that way and exploits them. And it's fucking hilarious. I don't get mad. I was just like, you fucking asshole. Hmm. Uh, I, I, but I never get mad. That's the thing. But, you know, people like, for instance, this sheriff (laughs) who was fired over the weekend or last week in Arkansas because his girlfriend spoke to a black man. He called her an N-word lover, yelled and berated at her Mm -hmm. in public, and he was recorded and it got turned in. He wasn't fired from his job. He was asked to resign by a friend and there was a stipulation is he's still going to get paid through the end of this month, even though he is no longer employed. 
Yep. That's some bullshit. That's a fucking asshole. Yep. That's, mm. you know, and I hate to say it because I do have family members that are former cops, but, you know, we have more bad apples in the bunch than good ones by far. I yeah. think that's becoming more and more prevalent, um, you know, and I think the reason why we always thought, hey, there's more good cops than bad cops. One, there weren't cameras everywhere and it wasn't publicized like it is until mm -hmm. the advent of smartphones and the rise of their popularity. Um, but in the 80s and 90s, buddy cop movies you know they went a long way to show how hey it's cool to be the cop that goes against the rules you know like i love the lethal weapon movies but they are no way reality no they're not um, it's a good old boys club yeah yeah and a friend of mine love him to death he's a cop he's been a cop for 20 years and he is upset because he thinks that they're being handcuffed with the restrictions that the left is trying to impose on their departments and this and that. And now that if somebody assaults them, it's just a misdemeanor and how it, like, man, you have qualified immunity, you know, and you're, you're upset because it's being threatened to being taken away. Yeah, well, it's not going to be this time, but it's just, the whole I'm morally superior to you because I'm a cop and the whole um, I'm this mentality that, that, that so many have been displaying this sense of entitlement and arrogance is sickening. And I've had a lot of friends who are cops unfriend me on Facebook in recent months because I'm supportive of black lives matter because I'm supportive of defund the police and uh, they're like, oh, well, there ain't going to be nobody to call 911. You know, nobody's going to answer. You don't understand the word defund, yeah. do you? And no, because they think people, it means take all the money away. As well be yeah, and that's the thing. You When you have people that think that it means this when it actually means this, these are also the same people who don't bother to look any further to see what it actually means. It's like the whole Black Lives Matter. Well, all lives matter. You are not looking further to see what this phrase means. Yes, all nope. lives matter. You don't have to remind me my life matters. But apparently I need to remind some of you motherfuckers that black people's lives matters as well. You know? I, saw guy, I saw a guy on TikTok that was like, what if from now on, anytime someone says all lives matter, you just assume that they mean black lives matter and just like start giving them places to donate. It's like, hmm, <laughs> that'll be funny. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. fly in Appalachia. No, man. Oh, and it wouldn't fly. Were... It wouldn't fly anywhere, to be if I'm being honest, but the idea well, of it is very funny to me. To get to my house, I live off of 81, and I live about maybe five miles off of 81. To get to my house, you have to go past this one area that has a barn and an uh, area for horses to graze and an old ramshackle house. And after this newest Black Lives Matter protest movement started, they have put up rebel flags 
on each post of their fence for a good quarter of a mile long. And there are yeah. rebel flags everywhere, flying high. I mean, splattered on everything they could put it on. This is what I live with on a daily basis because these people never interact with black people. So they don't know what they're doing is stupid. And they refuse to look any further to recognize it's stupid. Or they just don't care that to admit that they're racist and they love putting it on display because they think it's okay because it's been okay for a certain orange fucking testicle to do it. Oh yeah. He's made it okay to hate again. He's made it okay. You know, we don't live in a society that tries to keep itself in check because if Donald Trump's not doing it, why should anybody else? You know, that's pretty much how it feels at this point. But, you know, the cop mentality, that's nothing that's changed. It, it was like that in the 50s. It was like and that we, in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. You know, and we didn't know because we're white. You know, our families yeah. didn't talk about it because they're white. We, we aren't the people who dealt with this. This was an underground thing that was subjected to the black and brown communities only. And since we don't mix that often, especially in these areas... Many people just assume it's not a problem when it very much is. Did you uh, notice the the one scene when Letitia was arrested and they were taking her to jail? They they totally pulled a Freddie Gray. You know how he wasn't restrained in the transport vehicle and all of a sudden when he mm -hmm. arrived he was all injured and everything and he was fine when he was picked up you noticed the captain he was in there he was holding on to the restraints and left her unrestrained and trying to get answers out of her and they're slamming on the brakes and making the car shift side to side and just really she's getting battered really badly I was just like that's a total Freddie Gray move right there yep. but they didn't touch her that's nope. you know the thing they didn't touch her and they can say that and not at all be lying yeah which is horrible it's bullshit but i i like how this show brings horrible things like that mm -hmm. to light when you see instances of things that you've only read about and now you're seeing it being portrayed uh, it's it's important for things like that to be portrayed as hard as it is to watch. But I don't want to see any real ghosts. I don't need that. <laughs> White people are bad player, enough. Fully grown, <laughs> fully grown basketball player with a baby's head. What the fuck was that shit? I laughed so hard when I saw that. Uh, he's he's one of the players on the Monstars from the new <laughs> Space Jam movie. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what kind of... Uh, Experiments were done on him. <laughs> that was that was that. very interesting. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I I love that scene. By the way, the, the them going back to normal and her screaming to him instead of you know the other way around, like get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, I love that. That was a great scene. Uh, th th this episode was a lot of fun. If if you guys out there haven't been watching it. Start watching Lovecraft Country. It's good. It's, it's so very good. good. It has not disappointed yet. Nope, not once. And I have a feeling it won't. 
I have a feeling much like Watchmen, it will not fucking disappoint. All right, well, um, Watchmen get stronger as it goes on. Yeah, yeah. Again, I cannot stress enough. I like I was I was very adamant about it. Like, try to find a way to read the comic first, or or I've got the trade paperback. I can loan you. There you go. It's the whole series. I say that because again, the, the the show is a sequel to the comic, not the movie. It's a direct sequel to the comic. So, what I'll probably of- do is read the cliff notes for the comic and then watch the series. Because y'all got to remember, I'm also a homeschooler, so I have to make lesson plans. And oh, I'm teaching anatomy this year, so that's going to be a lot of it's fun. A, it's a relatively short comic. It's only like yeah, I mean, it's, it's twelve twenty-two page issues collected into one volume. Yeah. Um, you could read it in a couple of days easy. It's not yeah. that. It's not a difficult. I would honestly read. say reading the comic is shorter, a shorter an experience than watching the whole show. Genuinely. I'll say that. I got it on the Kindle. Uh, it probably is. I mean, I can't imagine why not. Um, well, let's go ahead and move on to our first, uh, second show, I guess, technically. Um, high score which is a, uh, a documentary about the history of video games you can find on Netflix. Um, well, just to give a little preface on this whole situation, uh, we've been, the three of us, been communicating in a, in a messenger group thing for like a hot second and little bit of a spoiler situation. I'm excited to know why. As a gamer, as somebody who plays video games, like all sorts of video games, I am not like I'm not the kind of person that won't try a game out. Uh, I loved this documentary. I absolutely adored it. But Josh said he was kind of iffy on it, and Betty, you said you didn't really like it. So mm-hmm. well, I, I want to hear more from you two as to what your thoughts on what versus like me just fucking talking it up. Well, I didn't say I was iffy on it. I said it was fine. I enjoyed it. Eh. It was. It was it was tales from the loop that I'm iffy on. Yeah, got you. Okay, I thought you said that about the show too. All right, well, Betty, defend yourself. No, I'm joking. I can try, but I can not really hard. I honestly, I was bored. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't really say much more than the fact that I was kind of bored. Um, I didn't feel like I was learning any information that I didn't already know. But that could also come from <clears throat> being married to a walking encyclopedia uh, who was alive and old enough to remember these times. So <laughs> he found it very interesting. He enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I just thought the, for me, I thought the programmer talk was a bit much. You know, it's like they get really excited about it. I think being married to one for so long, I just tune it out. That is, that's my problem. I don't think there's really so much a problem with the show as the fact that I was bored because this has been my life for 18 fucking years. I love you, honey. If you are listening, I have no problem with your job, but I found this boring. (laughs) That's it. Uh, That's that's all I can say for myself. And I am sorry. (laughs) Okay. The reason I was asking was because I, I, I saw a little criticism of it that was like, um, it didn't, teach anybody anything new about the gaming sphere, which I disagree with. 
Um, I think I think for some people it really did, and younger people probably especially. But like I said, I know these things because I'm married to the programmer right. Trivia King, so I already knew a lot of these. He doesn't play video games, but he sure as hell knows all about them. Well, and I, I, knew, I knew about I knew about a solid fucking ninety five percent of everything. What I didn't know was about a game called Gayblade. Had no clue that game existed. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. I, I had no idea that the first um, uh, winner of a of a video game tournament, which was Space Invaders, was uh, uh, you know became a trans woman. I had no clue about that. Um, and I think that's where this documentary to me shines is, is showcasing things that none of us have ever heard of before. Oh yeah. Uh, they got their 15 minutes of fame and yeah, I did. I thought I liked that part. I won't lie about that. And again, there are some things I did like, but for the most part, I think it's just me. I naturally tuned out a little bit. And again, it's because that's pretty much part of my life day in and day out. And I've, Want to tune it out a little bit? I'm curious what you. Would think, <laughs> I'm curious what you would think of uh, the other documentaries that we've watched and reviewed on the show. The one that was about uh, toys, and the other one that was about movies. Um, I'm trying to draw. I'm trying to remember the name of them for some stupid the reason. Toys that made us. Thank you, cheese. Movies that made us. We interviewed the creator, Brian. I know. It's it. <clears throat> now. I liked um, the toys that made us. You know, but I'm I'm that generation, and I do like history things and stuff. Uh, computers and programming is where I kind of get tripped up. You know, and I like to play games. Yeah, the technical shit that goes into it, I don't care. I don't. I really don't. I know it's a lot of hard work, and I appreciate all the hard work that's put into these games. I really, really do. The code monkeys work their asses off, but it's basically like speaking greek to me but that's not what this documentary is about (laughs) oh no it's not but a lot of it was you know the programmers the people who created the games and you know people who first played the games and i do like hearing the the players perspectives that was a fun part for me um i think the creators were a little more enthusiastic about things than most people would be when they hear what they had to say but that's programmers in general. So again, it, it's me. It's not the show. It's me. I, I, I know you. that. You don't, you don't have to defend that. We, we, it's it, that's the thing about this show. Straight the fuck up is that when you don't like something, you don't have to defend yourself. You just have to kind of explain why. Oh well, again, I'm I'm just saying it. That's why it's me. It's me all the way. I don't. Um, I. I'm uh, not sorry. I, I'm not <laughs> proud. I'm just. It's me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. I, the, one of the, one of the critiques I'd heard about the show, I don't necessarily agree with, but maybe you guys will agree with it. I don't know. Was, um, it's disjointed way of telling the story where it would tell part of it and then jump to something else that didn't seem related and then kind of tie it back. I personally love that. I thought that was like my ADD brain going, Ooh, yay. But I really enjoyed that. Well, that might be part of why I tuned out actually oh so yeah interesting like like them basically explaining uh they, they were talking about something and then they moved to like the guys who made uh uh star fox and then went back to the other thing they were talking about 
Um, well, they did it in a lot of episodes. The RPG episode, they talk about how the every one woman. Yeah, they did it in every episode, but you know, like the one woman, how she created uh, one of the first RPGs. Her and her husband, the, the first RPG on the PC, and then this other guy, how and they were back and forth, back and forth, and it's just like it cuts away, and you think, well, is it going to revisit? And then it doesn't revisit anything. It's just like, okay, we're going to drop this little nugget of information here. And sometimes they wouldn't go back to it. Uh, you know, in that, in that regard, like, I can like, see people being critical. Like what? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a little, I'm a little confused about that. Cause I don't remember them ever giving you half of information and ever going back to it. Um, Maybe it's more of there's, there's a feeling of there's more to this story and we and never hear anything. Getting, yeah, you're not getting all yeah. the story. There's probably something more interesting if they dug a little deeper, but I, they didn't dig hard enough. I feel. I do feel like that there was more filmed, and Netflix only gave them that that amount of time that we saw. Oh, you know, absolutely, there was much more like, filmed, and they didn't get a lot in, and that's just it. Editing issues. It comes down to that because right. that's something that we talked to. Uh, Brian Volkwas about it. I remember asking him how many hours of footage are used to create one episode. And he's like, we had thousands of hours of footage. Our first episode that we turned in for Star Wars was two and a half hours long. Whoa. And Netflix, Netflix said, it's got to be under an hour. Yeah. And he was like, oh, God, some of those cuts were so fucking painful that he had to make. So, you know, the, a lot of times when we see these things, we have to think, man, I really would like more information from this, but it's probably an editing choice that was made. Uh, And unfortunately, I think a lot of times because of those constraints of forced editing choices, you're going to lose some of the more fascinating aspects of a story. I I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. I feel like they're... I'm not saying they're uninteresting. I just... I don't think it's fair to say that it's more interesting than something else. Well, I didn't say that. I said you could lose some of the more fascinating aspects. Now that's going to be subjective for anyone. What one person finds more fascinating than, right. You know, another person. Well, I don't, I don't mean it in that sense. Well, we've got to look at it. You know, the thing is when it comes to shows like this that are produced by Netflix, this is a big boys team now. Netflix is. Uh, they are producing documentaries for the bite-sized generation. You know, it, they're, it's bite-sized pieces of information in these episodes. People don't appreciate a good two-hour-long documentary anymore. You know, I would love it. Oh, I'm sure y'all would love it. But, you know, we live in a very different world now and this is how people digest information in bite-sized bits and i'm I'm gonna disagree with you significantly right there betty because i don't i I hate that terminology i genuinely do the bite-sized generation the bite-sized information i think that people are willing to enjoy something as long as it's entertaining uh look at um how popular uh um tiger king was each episode was a little over an hour and it was seven episodes long. That was a he, that was a long documentary. But that uh, says something about our society because while it's a documentary, it's a fucking shit show. 
It's a reality series dressed up as a documentary. Shows when I talk about a documentary, I mean something that is a documentary that is actually investigating, you know, something that that is important to society, not the fucking Tiger King, you know, whether or not she fed her to the fucking tigers. I, I don't, I don't think that matters, though. I don't think it matters a one iota what the documentary is about, whether it's significant to society or not. A documentary. I'm a little a- snobby about my documentaries. That's what you you totally have the right to be. I'm just saying <laughs> to 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 blanket statement that that, that documentaries are like used to be one way and now they're not doesn't make any sense to me because I've seen plenty that are not that way that are recent and that have done very well. Um, I don't remember if we talked about it on this podcast or not, but uh, there was a um, it was it was on Netflix, I believe. Um, oh yeah, it's the one you didn't want to watch, Josh, because of the terrible shit that they show. Kind of not directly, they kind of show what was dark. It? The 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 what was it called? Dark tourist. Yeah. Not dark tourist. No, not dark dark tourist. It was the one about the serial killer, or not serial killer. He killed one person, but he started with oh, it's called Don't Fuck with Cats. Oh, that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't watch that either for the same exact fucking reason, Josh. So I, I can agree with you on that. Again, uh, that to, to me, again, that that's that's tragedy porn. That's tragedy porn, man. I want a documentary on history. Course, I want a documentary on important people. I don't want to watch. I don't want to wonder whether or not Carol Baskins fed her fucking husband to her goddamn tigers. But that's I not don't care. Betty, Betty, that's not the point. The point I'm getting at is that an entertaining documentary doesn't, it's not required on the idea of how long it needs to be because oh, it's not that. It, I just don't feel like these documentaries do enough. I mean, it, it, it's like Josh said. There's, you know, that story, he felt like, you know, they should have gone back, but there was something more. There probably was. Now that I hear that thousands of hours go into this and they get cut. And why did they get cut? If if people actually watch things like this for two hours, you know, a documentary on one particular type of game for two hours, then that's what they would make. But people don't, so they don't make it. That's what I'm also getting at. That's the point I'm getting at as well is that a documentary needs to be entertaining. It needs to grab the person. It needs to pull them in and and be something that they want to watch. And, and to it- me, that's why I call it the bite-sized generation. And it's not. I'm not saying people under X age are only the ones in the bite-sized generation. Lots of people participate in this. And that's how people get their information more than, you know, waiting for you know wednesday night to come on because the history channel is having a documentary on herculaneum type thing it's it's very bite-sized and reality based and i don't appreciate that kind of viewing documentary entertainment it's not my thing Again, I'm snobby about my documentaries. You can ask my daughter. But, I, and, and this, and, but I'm not just getting at what your tastes are, Betty. I'm talking about in general. Um, from an entertainment perspective, when you present a documentary, you want to make it that something that grabs attention regardless of, of price size or what the fuck ever. Um, and when talking about a specific st- uh, topic in a documentary, 
you don't want to put things in there. Like you don't want to have that 20 minute conversation you had with the one person just because it's a 20 minute conversation. Um, you want to uh, uh, put certain things in that, that again, uh, uh, keep the person just, you know, enthralled with the story that's being told. Um, people in general have ADD. People in general lose interest really fast. And if it's boring, if it's a fucking history channel documentary, then you're not going to keep people there. And when, I've watched documentaries over many years. Like I've watched documentaries that were made back then and they're all the same. Every single fucking one of them is the same. All the going back to the nineties and the eighties, like they're all exactly the same. They are edited in a specific way that get you to see what they want you to see and the information they want to give you while also keeping your attention by showing you images that keep you enthralled. Um, the, the documentary don't fuck with cats. The reason I bring that one up is because it is a, it's a true crime story. It's, I know. Not just, it's not just torture porn because it's, that's not what it is. The, 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 the scenes that they show in it that are quote unquote hard to watch is uh, in the, I think it's the first episode. Uh, I think a little bit in the second, but what it is, is um, they show like the beginning of the video that started the internet's crusade into finding this guy, but they don't show the whole video. Yeah, you, I know. You just have an idea. Um, and uh, and again, I really don't even want to discuss the subject. You you remember you're talking to a woman who owns 13 cats. This is a very horrifying subject matter for me. And I actually had to deal with something similar today. I, I discussed something like this today. So we can just move on from that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, what, okay. What I'm saying when it comes to documentaries today is, you know, it, it is a different way of ingesting information. And yes, it's how you grab people's attention. Back then, you could grab people's attention with a two-hour documentary because we had five fucking channels and nothing else to do. Uh, today, anything you want to learn, you can look it up at your fingertips. You know, so there's there's not as much need or want of the two-hour documentaries on Pompeii. There's, you know, people take small bite-sized information. That's why we have things like YouTube. I, I don't dis I don't agree with that entire statement. Okay. I, I you don't I, have to. Um, I mean, I'm a victim of it myself. I do it as well, but I also enjoy, you know, again, I listen to 50 hours of an audio book for fun. And I'm sure people find that weird, but I also me, watch YouTube you videos and they're let little mini documentaries. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you not like true crime stories at all? Oh, no, I do. Okay, that's what Don't Fuck With Cats is. Yes, I know. I know it is, but there are certain true crime stories that I don't watch. And a lot of the ones that Netflix has produced, I don't watch them. It's just my preference. Okay. I, I want I, the, the point I'm getting at, I, I don't know what the fucking point is. Now, my I'm sister, saying. she watches the fuck out of them. I'm trying to explain that, like, Don't Fuck With Cats <laughs> was, was a captivating documentary because it was a fascinating, interesting look at how the internet was trying to track this guy down and how he got caught. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think a lot of people take away a two-minute scene. They take away a two-minute scene and the whole thing, and they go, well, I'm not watching it because of that one scene. And it, really, that's disappointing to me. It's like, Josh and I loved Tiger King because it was 
fucking hilarious. Uh, well, it was also very sad because pathetic, you know, these people that. Well, that's why it was funny. Yeah. Well. Anyway, carry on. Um. But it was it was fascinating because of the way that it was edited. Like when we talked to Brian Volkweiss about toys that made us, uh, he was very adamant that he never wanted to make a documentary that was boring. Um, and I'm never going to also just to keep in mind, I'm never going to watch an opinion painted, opinionated documentary. I used to watch Michael Moore documentaries back in the day. I used to watch. Uh, yeah. No. Watch, uh, 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 oh, what's his name? Um, the guy that made supersize me. Yeah. I, I've watched Blackfish, or is it Blackfish? I think it's what's called. Um, yeah. And I've watched Food Inc. And I hate them. I hate them f- so much because those type of documentaries edit their their movies in a way that show you visceral images or show you things that they want you to see. They don't show you the other side. They don't mm-hmm. show you the stuff that's important. They just show you what they want to show you. Well, it has is- an agenda. Right. Which is why I choose to watch documentaries that are stories that already happened. Uh, things that are um, informative and educational unimportant. for the most part. They're That's unimportant. what I tend to watch. Yeah, it's like I'm signed up for the Great Courses Plus and I use it for teaching as well and I find this kind of stuff fun. History is my jam. You know, that's, that's my fun time. At, you know, reality type things are not my fun time. I just, I, I, I don't. Fine. I, I'm not, I'm not telling you have to watch these, these, these documentaries. I'm saying what I'm getting at is that the, the statement that you made about the bite size thing, I don't agree with in any way, shape or form because they're not edited in that way. They're edited in like just about every other documentary I've ever watched. So if you're saying that this, that this generation is bite size, then you also have to say that the one I watched from the nineties is bite size. That's how long were the documentaries you were watching in the 90s? I don't, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but I know that I watched a lot of them. I mean, because the I ones that to... I remember watching were a lot longer than 30 minutes. Well, it depended if it was a show or not. Um, I rented a, uh, I know I rented a, a VHS that had, th- had six episodes, th- six 30 minute episodes of a documentary that was made in the UK. And it was a it was about like a it was about like a TV station or some shit. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was about the um, radio free. No, drawing a complete blank. Huh. I watched a lot of BBC stuff. Uh, they like their archaeology a lot more over there than we do here, but there's a lot more stuff to find over there. But that's but the, the, that again, Betty. That's another reason I bring up the "Don't Fuck with Cats" is because that documentary is longer than three hours, and it's one continuous story spread out over the course of six episodes or four episodes. Well, yeah, you know, it's like, and I like true crime. Yeah, I do. There are still certain stories in true crime I won't watch because of my own PTSD. Fine, totally uh, fine. Yeah, you know, my mo- own emotional feelings about certain things. You know, and and I I'm not telling anyone else not to watch them. I'm just saying that's not for me. It's not, it's not information I feel like digesting in that format. Yeah, and 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 again, 
and I and I, I got to make this clear. I'm not telling you to watch go fuck don't fuck with cats. I'm not telling you to go watch Tiger King. What I'm getting at is those two documentaries were extremely popular for a hot minute there, and oh, they yeah. were longer. They were longer than just a documentary film. They were a series of episodes that went that spanned a course of time about one story. And so I don't put those which were popular into the bite size thing that you're talking about, especially in the binge culture that we have now. Well, yeah, we do have a binge culture, but it, it's very hard to describe how I feel about it. It's, it's strange, you know, but you're also talking to the woman who didn't actually own a cell phone until she got her shop open. So I managed to avoid that. I've managed to avoid most of the technology. I still use my fucking laptop for most things. I don't use my phone. I, it's just a thing that's there that I have to have with me, and I kind of hate it, you know? <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe I was just born in the wrong generation. I always felt like I should be in the 20s or some shit. No, 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 no. You I, are in the 20s. I know, what? but like 100 <laughs> years ago, it's like I was... The same shit was happening then too. They were like wearing their fucking mask. (laughs) I have to be extra clear about something that I know I've explained to Josh and I'll explain to you, buddy. If you start a conversation with me with the phrase kids these days or back in my day, I'm immediately going to tune you out. It's not a matter of kids these days. It's just people. That's that again. I that I fall victim to it myself. But I I've do it all the time. It, you know, because the whole thing of kids these days that's been going on since Greek philosophers could write shit down. Right. Kids these days don't respect anybody. I'm pretty sure Socrates was the one who said that shit. You know, people, every generation says that about the next generation and it's bullshit. I know. Plato bitched about the fucking music. Oh. And yeah. and and in that note, saying the phrase, saying the phrase to me that we live in a, we live in uh, the the culture, not culture. What the hell did you say? You said the um, bite size generation. Yeah, but and I'm not meaning it as the people of, under a certain age. It's just that's how information is presented to us as a whole. As a whole, this is how society now presents information in snippets and small parts that can be digested you know, one at a time or as a whole thing, you can binge watch it. People have a choice there, but when it does come to things like news and, you know, YouTube, especially you don't have long 30 minute series on there. You have little tiny snippets, you know, of interesting things, but they're snippets and I don't watch TV anymore. So to me, I see a lot of snippet culture and I have a 15 year old. I see a lot of her ingesting snippet culture her friends ingest snippet culture my parents ingest snippet culture it's just the way we live now and we have to adjust to it and i I, I don't know i just i i feel like the phrase just doesn't hold weight in my opinion there's so much stuff out there so much information and and technology and, and entertainment that just doesn't fit the snippet format like oh, I guess no, it doesn't is, all fit that. The, it doesn't the thing all. is, people don't go out of their way to find those things because they are so used to the snippets. Mm-hmm. I and don't as long as the snippets either, keep coming, they keep interesting. Uh, and age has nothing to do with it. Age has nothing to do with it. It's I'm a societal thing. I'm not saying that age does. I'm saying that from from what I see on a constant daily basis with everything that I absorb as information, what I see other people complain about on the internet or just in general, you know, games not being long enough and, and 
uh, uh, you know, like this, this series didn't have enough episodes and stuff like that. It's like, that's kind of why I'm saying what I'm saying. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to say that we live in snippet culture when people are complaining that things aren't long enough. Well, that's how she, we're same, living in a snippet culture because things aren't long enough. And <laughs> the inverse of that, there are some people out there that complain that things are too long. Right. Oh, um, that's, and that's also part of my argument. Right it's, there, and, that, well, that, that comes back to the whole point of saying that I think it's a subjective thing for each person. Yeah. But the format, though, is prevalent. In more more cases than not, you're it getting, is more you know, ubiquitous outside of use the internet, you know, outside for information. of a produced television series for X amount of hours. Mm -hmm. Anything information wise is always just little punches of info here. Yeah, even there. newspapers Nothing. now. They're the same way. They give you snippets, but they don't tell you the whole story. If you want to know the whole story, you got to go hunt that shit down. You know, and oh, it's been that way, though. It's I mean, that's to me like I mean, I go back to the newspapers of the day when they were on the newsstand. They'd have a punchy headline that made you want to buy the the magazine or the newspaper or not. But there oh, there's, still people that yeah, there's always been that punchy headline. There, there was a war between Thomas Jefferson. And I can't remember who else were they ended up like writing one of them was dead in a paper. You know, it was so funny. But that, you know, again, there was more. I don't know. Uh, if I'm crazy for thinking this, but I find more typos and mistakes in newspaper articles or news articles today online than I would have ever found. Well, that's a, that's because of a different situation. That's because these newspapers and, and not newspapers, these news organizations know that when you click on their website, they get paid for ad revenue. So they'll do whatever they can to get you to click on the website. Um, oh, I know. And different. CNN is awesome um, because you can sit there and watch it change right in front of your eyes. Because if that <laughs> one headline isn't working, that it will change almost instantaneously to something that they think is going to be more eye grabbing. I've seen it happen. You know, I don't watch CNN, but well, if you go on CNN, uh, I typically when I get up in the morning, I do my chores. I go to CNN. Um, I look at other news articles, Fox sometimes to see what they're bitching about this morning. Uh, you know, and I read my news and my local news and stuff, but yeah, I've seen articles change right before my eyes on CNN and I'm like, yep, you, you weren't getting enough attention with that headline. So you had to change it. Didn't you, you know, I know exactly what they're doing and it's nothing against this generation. This is how it's going to be for a hot minute. You know, I mean, this is just how things tend to work now. I That's feel. And, you know, and, and and my argument is the more things change, the more they stay the same. In uh, some ways. I've, but... I've, seen, I've seen the pattern of that kind of stuff constantly. And like, that's why when you talk about uh, uh, hard or a uh, high score and, and you bring up the whole like bit, bit information culture, um, I, I have to disagree because I don't, I don't feel like that this show fits that motif that you're getting at. I don't feel like it's it's doing the like little bit of information then moving on. Like they come back to it, they talk about what they need to talk about, and I, I guarantee you there's more information well, that and yeah, it's not the show's fault. It's Netflix for cutting the time. You know, I do feel like it would have been more engaging if I there was more to some of the stories that they presented. Um I will say it was longer than I thought it was. <clears throat> I thought each episode was gonna be as long as uh 
toys that made us or movies that made us, which was only about 28 minutes a piece. Whereas this one was like 45 no, Those were all an hour a piece. Were they an hour? 45, 48 minutes to 58 minutes on average, yeah. Wow, okay, I forgot that. Yeah, I think I spent like the last two episodes counting down the time till it was over. So <laughs> that's just me I, again. I truthfully I fell asleep during the, I fell asleep during the last half of this last episode. Uh don't blame you, dude. I don't get that. I don't I I'm so surprised to hear that. I was exhausted for one, but it also wasn't as as engaging as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. It was engaging enough to where I watched five and a half episodes. But that last episode, man, I was just like so tired. And it was yesterday afternoon. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just like, uh, I actually know it was earlier than that. <clears throat> but yeah, man, I just couldn't make it through that last 15, 20 minutes. I don't know why. Um, but, but overall, you liked of, it. Overall, I did like it. But it didn't present me with a lot of things that I didn't know. But the things that it did present me that I didn't know were interesting enough. But I found myself wanting to know more about those things. And it would cut away and move to something else. And sometimes it felt like, like I said, there was more there to be told. And you just didn't get it. And it's likely, very likely due to... Imposed time constraints saying, no, mm-hmm. this must be 45, 46, 48 minutes, whatever. And you're going to have to cut things for time. And, you know, the, because of those choices, that's why I made the statement. Some things that one may find more interesting are left lying on the cutting room floor. You know, and that doesn't mean that it's inherently more interesting than other things that were presented, it's just some things that I felt would have been more interesting to me seem to be incomplete. Well, I, and, I, and, and I understand that. Like, like you said to me when we were playing video games a, a while back was uh, the, the, the RPG episode is by far the most interesting episode to you. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you're into. You're into RPGs. Exactly. Uh, I've and said immediately it. I recognized the, the artwork from the original Final Fantasy mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I know who this is. <laughs> I, um, I've always classified myself as not a hardcore gamer, and I'm more of a uh, game enthusiast. And what I mean by that, in case it doesn't come across as, as clean as I want it to, is that I'm... I'm fascinated by the gaming world and gaming culture. I'm fascinated by how things function in in an overarching theme. So like learning that the guy who came up with the uh, FX chip originally did it on the Game Boy, didn't know that before. Did not know that before. Um, But I don't play a lot of RPGs. I just don't. When I do, it has to be an action RPG and it has to be something that is constantly like bright flashy colors for me to get really, really into it. Um, when I have to do like, and, and, and here's, and here's the weirdest fucking part. If I'm playing a game that doesn't have bright flashy shit and it's like a dialogue based game, it has to be something like telltale. Otherwise I'm, I'm out. <laughs> um, otherwise I lose interest very quickly, but, uh, um, uh, 
where's my thought process? My brain decided that it wanted to stop for a second there. Uh, Did you, you need something flashy? Yeah, I was trying to think of what the point I was making with that. The the bright flashy thing, like the reason I say that is is, um. I still know a lot about RPGs. I still know a lot about how they're made, like Sierra Studios and how, like that story that they told about that the the two that started Sierra and how she she was playing that one that uh, that get captivated her, but she wanted to make something better and like almost everything in that episode I knew about, but I don't play those games. That's I think the difference between me and and other people who play games, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, well, I feel a lot the same way. There are a lot of games out there that I know about, and I know the you know how it's played and stuff, but I don't actually play them myself. I'm a gamer enthusiast. I'm not a gamer gamer. You know, I do enjoy games. Like right now, I'm 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 playing my like fourth playthrough of Skyrim. I finally finished the Civil War this week, which was a big letdown. But you know, I'm I'm a little bit behind the times in certain things, you know. But I that's just me. Those are that's the game I enjoy for the moment, and I'm gonna play the shit out of it. You know, no, drag I, around I, some dead bodies. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also. You have to keep in mind, like I, I know that I play a lot of games and stuff, but I've never and I never will tell someone that they can't play something or that the game that they enjoy sucks. That's not that's not who I am. That being said, um, I. Uh, Skyrim is definitely a game I had a hard time getting into. Really, hard I've time. loved it. I've really enjoyed it. But I was playing Fable before that. Um, Fable used to be like my go-to comfort game. Fable three. You excited about the remake of it of the first game? <sighs> Not really, because oh. it, it hasn't gotten better. It. Do you remember when they tried to do the Connect version? Yeah. Yeah, I, it wasn't good. So yeah, I was just like, nah. But that that was my go to like comfort game. Everybody's got a comfort movie. I have a comfort game, and right now Skyrim is my comfort game. When I'm feeling sad and depressed, I go kill bandits. I'm a little okay. Khajiit sneak thief. So, <laughs> gotcha. I do, I do feel like this remake of Fable will be better, considering the studio that's making it is not the people who made the other terrible versions and all that jazz. What studio's uh-huh. doing it? God, I don't remember, but it's it's a studio that Marvel or that Marvel. Jesus Christ! I opened my phone to look up the Fable remake, and my phone something says Marvel. Anyway, uh, let's see Fable remake. It was a studio that Microsoft bought. Oh, it's a remaster. That's what it is. They announced Fable Four, though. That's what it was. Yeah, it looks the same as the original. Just with improved graphics for yeah. newer consoles. And that's not a big deal to me because I'm blind in my left eye, so I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been a big a big advocate that if you're the type of gamer that says, like, I need high graphics and the best of the shit, like, fucking 68,000 frames per second, I'm like, you're what are you doing? Who cares? No, like, that's, that's not my deal. Shit. Uh, my whole world is a 2D world, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't like there's um uh the new um uh what's it called? Um game that just came out, Marvel Avengers. Uh it runs at 30 frames per second, like standard. Um and uh a lot of people are having a fucking uproar about it, and I'm like, 30 frames is fine. <laughs> Why are you 
bitching. You get to fly around as Iron Man and smash things as Hulk. Shut the fuck up. Because they want more and it's not good enough. Oh, it drives me nuts. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing about me. I I anytime I can get my do you remember a channel, Betty? I know Josh does. Um, a channel that was on TV a while back called G4. Mm-hmm. I ate that shit up because I was I just wanted more video game content in my life. I just yeah. wanted more. um and uh that's essentially what I'm getting now uh, on, on YouTube. I'm getting a lot of G4 based stuff. High score was more than that. It was like, oh, this is a fully produced documentary about video games. So I think I might have a little bit of a bias towards it because I'm. Oh, so you absolutely have a bias <laughs> towards it. <laughs> uh, but do we want to go ahead and rate it? Oh yeah, I was, I was going to in a second. I was saying that like, I get the criticisms, I get the disjointed nature people don't like. I get that it might have been boring into certain parts to some people if you're not into that sort of thing. But I don't think it's a poorly made documentary. Um, by any stretch, I, and even with my biasness, I'm like, eh, it's, it's good. Why don't we go ahead and grade it? Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go, go first. You ready? Um, if you like this sort of thing, it's definitely something you should watch. I, for me personally, I give it a C plus it for what it was and what they had to work with. It wasn't bad, but for me personally, I found it slightly boring. My programmer husband did not. So it's a thumbs up and a thumbs down. So it gets a C plus for me. All right, Josh, I'd have to give it a B. Like I said, most of it, for the most part, was informative and entertaining enough. It just left me wanting more information about a lot of things that they didn't go back to. And it was disappointing in that regard. But I don't think that it was poorly done. I just think that a lot of these things that I'm critical of were not decisions that uh, they made because of that's how they wanted to present it. I think it was more due to time constraints. Uh, but, you know, uh, I also was exhausted during that last part. So, <laughs> you know, when I did fall asleep, I kind of missed the last 15 minutes. So I didn't know about the FX chips that, uh, being originally designed for the Game Boy. So that's a cool bit of info. Yeah, we're but the, not we're everybody the, is going to find that kind of info interesting either. So right. I mean, but you know, it, it's it's worth a watch. But yeah, I can't give it higher than a B. Um, just to clarify, it wasn't a, the FS ship wasn't really originally developed for the Game Boy. It was like he broke the Game Boy apart, uh, programmed it in a way that allowed 3D to happen on the Game Boy. Hey. Um, and then I don't remember how, I don't remember what he did to make it happen, but basically Nintendo came to him and said, come with us to Japan hmm. uh, instead of, instead of like us suing you. And, uh, he met with like a bunch of Nintendo suits, including, um, Miyamoto. And, uh, yes. they were like, we want to put your technology into our stuff and, and we want to do another flight simulator game. 
he looked at the like the Super Nintendo and he wasn't allowed to like take it apart or add anything because he just couldn't because it was already so it was already on the market. So instead he was like, what can we add to the cartridge? And that's how the FX chip came to be. Okay, cool. Um had you not fallen asleep during the documentary. <laughs> dude, I was exhausted. I have, I have. <laughs> just, I'm just fucking with you, dude. Um uh, no, this is a solid A for me. If if you're really into gaming culture and gaming history, like this is this is a great way to do it. And I, I, I it's not an A plus because I do feel like it gets a little too, like it's just doing it's disjointed nature is a little ADD, where it's like, it starts on a topic and then just goes over here real quick, and you're like, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Um, Everything. They, they do bring it. <laughs> they do bring it back around, and it makes sense. But at first, it seems completely off kilter. Um, it's not every episode; it's just a couple, like especially the one I was just talking about, where um, the whole point of the episode was how Nintendo operate, like operates with with people on the outside, is the point of it. But they didn't make it seem that way at first. It was just it felt like two different stories they were telling at different points. Um, but for me, the thing about documentaries, especially kinds like this, is the people involved. Something that movies that made us and toys that made us do really well, and I was in this show, I feel like does for something very similarly, is it it concentrates on the people that made it, the people that like what were they going through at the time, how did they develop it, what were their thought processes, that kind of shit interests the shit out of me. So I was all about it. Plus, it's again, fun to see how old they are now. Oh yeah. It reminds me I'm dying sooner than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do, like, again, I do understand the criticisms, but I think because of my absolute fascination with video game history, it was, it was something that I just latched onto real hard. So I'm glad you liked it, Greg. (laughs) I hope they do a season two and maybe touch on things they didn't get to touch on on this or, like all that cutting room floor stuff gets put into a show, like an ep- I don't know. I there I I do want more of this show. I really do. Um, Did anybody see what it got on the uh, IMDb? No. Let's see, I'm gonna look I that up. Know. It I got a seven point five, which is pretty damn good. So there's a good possibility for a second season. Yeah, if you go to Metacritic, um, it wasn't. You know, <clears throat> Fucked over by people rating it like a like video games do for some reason, but it got uh, uh where was it? I just saw it a second ago. It got a pretty high score on there as well, a sixty-two out of a hundred. Um, that's because everyone at Slate sucks and they rated huh. it really low. Um, I learned that lesson a long time ago. But the fans as two as two hundred ninety-six ratings and it's got a it's got a ninety-five. And I don't think it's being uh, review bombed. I know well, again, it's some people co- some people's cup of tea. It's just not mine. Yeah, that's totally fine. I I have to like again. I my the argument I had with you was entirely about the bit like the bite sized culture thing and not the documentary itself. <clears throat> um, because I don't want you to feel like that your opinion of it is invalid. <laughs> oh, I don't feel like that at all, honey. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I get it. And, you know, I, I know it, it might be something that, you know, is hard to hear. And and I understand if you don't want to believe it. I just believe we are 
from what I remember of growing up to what we are living now, I feel like it's more of a bite-sized culture. That's just all it is. And that might be the region that you live in too. Uh, if I'm being honest, like I've never, oh, it's absolutely in, that way here. I've lived in a town next to a city my whole life. So that might, it might have a part to do with it, but from my perspective, nothing's changed over the past 30 years. Just technology's getting advanced. Oh, honey, there's so much has changed around here. It ain't even funny. <laughs> I've been here for 27 years now. I've watched the exit seven go from nothing but cow fields to a complete Walmart industry complex almost overnight. Everything yeah. has changed here in the past I'm, 30 years. It's insane. I meant, I meant, I meant culture as a whole, like how people act towards things. Oh, even culture here is changing. We're just now getting yeah. around to dealing with interracial relationships. Okay. Right. Yeah, we are it. way behind the times. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Appalachia. We all wooed when an Olive Garden came to Bristol. <laughs> That's how well, sad we are. I think I, I think Appalachia is definitely a a, a different culture shock right. in California. <laughs> I have to because Dude, I know that if I say it wrong, it's going to become a conversation. <laughs> yep. So yeah, uh, for us it is. A lot of things have changed, and I you know I've had a lot of time to reflect upon this change, and it, it's it's a different culture than I grew up in. So I do tend to look at it as more of a bite size, but I'm also the girl who would take her history books home on the first day and read through them. I'm a freak. Okay. I can live with that. Don't worry. We're all freaks in some way. Um, well, I, Google, I, I, gobble, gobble, gobble. One <laughs> of us, one of us. We accept her. We accept her. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the more interesting things, Betty, and, and, that might be the juxtaposition between our voices as well. I speak a lot faster than both of you, but that's, oh, the, yeah, I think that has everything to do with our culture differences. Yeah. We talk slow around here. There's no reason to talk fast. No, nope. go, go, go now, now, now on my end. Yeah. And I've see, I also grew up in Illinois for half of my life. Half of my family is from Illinois up around Chicago and people from up North think I sound Southern people from the South think I sound northern and it really does depend on who I'm talking to my husband notices it he watches my voice change depending on who I'm talking to I can't help it it's just I grew up in two different worlds because let me tell you Chicago is a world away from Bristol Tennessee oh worlds yeah. away <laughs> it is um, it is this actually might go into a reasoning behind our opinions on Tales from the Loop. Maybe. Now that I think about it, now that I think about it a little bit, that might that might go into it because before we get into our opinions on Tales from the Loop, would either of you, you know, Betty, would you like to give a quick synopsis for the show? Quickish. Uh, hold on just a second, and I will find <laughs> a good one. I put you on the spot. Do it now. Say something. Hurry it up. I'm in California. I don't have time for this, Betty. Yeah. You know why? Because a quake's going to knock half of it off into the fucking ocean. They right. You never know where you're going to go. Let's go. <clears throat> snap, snap. Come on. We're dealing with a universe that I would assume probably most likely exists in a time fracture of itself. But it, it 
centered around a research facility that's called The Loop. It's kind of like a hydron collider in its own way. And it's an anthology of stories that all intertwine. And there are all these people in this particular family in town, but particularly the family in the town, are experiencing different versions of reality. Um, weird things happen, and but it, it all ties in together. And at the further along in the storyline you go, the more you learn about what's come before. And that is my synopsis. Gotcha. Uh, that works. Hey, that works. Um, so you remember how, Josh, you said, maybe even you, buddy, how you were kind of bored with uh, high score? Mm-hmm. Guess what? <laughs> you kind of bored with the loop. <laughs> oh, very much so. Um, my my biggest issue was that I, I found it very predictable. I found every element of the show very predictable. There were a few moments I didn't see coming, but it was very far and few in between. Um, I also have a big distaste towards shows that use a lot of B-roll footage. And this show had a lot of <clears throat> a lot of B-roll in it. Do you know what B-roll is? Oh, yeah, I know what B-roll is. Perfect, perfect. I don't have to explain it. Well, for the listeners out there that don't know what B-roll is, why don't you explain it? Fair enough. Got it. Um, B-roll is, is footage that is used in films that is uh, extra extra shots of, of, of landscape or, or uh, people doing something to, to fill up time in a, in a shot to, or a film or, or a movie or something to that effect to uh, uh, make it longer. It's filler footage. Um, it's very much filler footage. Uh, there's quite a few scenes in this show that do that. Almost every episode has some kind of B-roll. And um, it was too much for me. And I, I know why they're doing it. It's an artistic choice. It's mm -hmm. something I've seen in a lot of 70s movies, primarily 60s and 70s movies. Uh, Quentin Tarantino did it a lot in, in Hateful Eight. Um, I just find that stuff very boring. I find it very boring. I don't find it entertaining. It's just, it's extra, extra uh, um, filler for the sake of filling it. Um, not the world's biggest complaint about the show. My bigger complaint is that the, the sci-fi is kind of ho-hum. Uh, I, I find when you just use typical, like, I don't want. I don't know how much I want to spoil about this show, but the elements of sci-fi that they used was just okay. Like okay. Uh you're gonna have to give an example of what you mean. Yeah, I know. I realize that. I was trying to figure out a way to say it without spoiling it, but I'm going to have to spoil it anyway. So if you haven't watched the show, go watch the show and come back and listen to us because we're going to spoil it from here on out. <laughs> uh, doing time travel in the fashion of like the way they did in the first episode and in the last episode, I've seen it happen before. I've, I've read it doing it before. And in those scenarios, it was always kind of done better. Um, especially to the idea that if, let's say the first episode story wasn't told from the perspective that it was. 
if it was told from a slightly different perspective where it became a mystery um, and less of just telling you outright that she was from the past, I think that would have been a lot more entertaining. Um, I figured out pretty quickly that she was Cole's mom from the past. Very quickly. As yeah. a matter of fact. Uh, I figured out really quickly um, that the second that those two boys mind swapped, that something very bad was going to happen, that either one of them was going to die or get their mind swapped with something that they couldn't escape from. Yep. Uh, when uh, the girl and the boy were freeze freezing in time, which I love that we never revisited those two characters again. Um, uh, not, um, not love, actually love. I thought it was interesting that they never went back to them, but where every other character was a major part of the story. Um, I knew that the time freezing mechanic was going to malfunction. Um, I honestly hoped that it was going to stay malfunctioned after he left it. I, I honestly did, had that feeling. I kind of did, did too. I was like, eh. so that's my point is I saw all of those quote unquote twists coming. And my problem is, is that if it, it feels like if they wrote the show to be a, uh, like tell you outright, that would have been fine. But they, they, they presented in a way that was supposed to be shocking for those twists to come, but they weren't. And so I found myself getting very bored once I had figured out the quote-unquote twist. That's interesting because I didn't see it like that. Um, I, yeah, I knew what was going to happen. Uh, that's pretty typical for most shows. You know, if you watch enough TV, read enough books, you figure out how most plot lines are going to work very quickly. Mm. Um, but for me, I felt like it was more about the story. Uh, it, it, I mean, they were great, but they were engaging. To me, it felt like it was a set of creepy pastas all set in the same little town. Is what kinda, it kind of felt like. I kind of understand that. I think the only relationship that actually enthralled me genuinely was the grandpa and the, and the little boy. Well, yeah. I mean, I liked that one. Um, the the time freeze one was one of my favorites. Um, and I, but I still don't know the one <clears throat> where the guy fixes the tractor and ends up. Did it's it's uh, it's parallel universe. It's yeah, I, I couldn't. I had walked out of the room for just a minute. I mean, not that long. And next thing I know, he's there. And I'm like, what the hell happened? You know, <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, yeah, I can see you getting confused there. <laughs> I was like, what happened? It doesn't look like anything does happen. He just gets out of his tractor because there's like some weird whirlpool of nothing in the middle of his field. Yeah, I and saw then, that. Like, that's how he teleports. It's It doesn't it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, well, but I wasn't see, I you have you ever heard of the story about the the old story of the guy who went walking in his field and his family was watching him and he just disappeared and they searched the field everywhere for him this happened in the 1800s could not find him anywhere it's an it's a huge urban legend thing i like to read 
And it reminded me of that when I saw those holes start forming in the ground. It's like, did he get sucked into a different universe? I wasn't quite sure. And if he did, how did he get back? Because it was like, he was just like, I'm done. So now you're done. You get to just come back. Is that how this worked? Did you click your heels three times and say, I want to go home? I, mean, I, think, I think that's that's something that would drive my fucking dad nuts is that this show explains absolutely fucking nothing about any of the supernatural. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't explain it, but I'm okay with it because I'm okay with it too. I, I think the stories my- were interesting enough to be engaging. I was okay with the B-roll because to me, that wasn't the point. The point was what the characters were going through. And I, for the, the sci-fi quality, I would have to say that really doesn't matter to me that much as long as it fits within the universe they're in. And I think for the universe they're in, it fits. You know, if we're talking about like, you know, Star Trek Next Generation universe, no, that's not the appropriate science fiction. You know, But this is, while it's labeled as sci-fi, I feel like it's a little bit more sci-fi fantasy. That's why I you use know? supernatural yeah. as a term for it too because... I feel like part of it is supernatural. It's like mm-hmm. there's there's no explanation to anything, so it gets that kind of vibe from it. But um, it felt like they were trying to go for like Twilight Zone light, and I, I never I didn't enjoy that. Like I that's that's and again that's that's a taste thing. It's totally a taste thing. I'm not saying the show like that's I want I want to compliment the show on a few things because I feel like I'm just bashing the shit out of it. Fantastic actors across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no complaint, yeah. no complaint about anybody in that regard. But um, the uh, where the show uh, and 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 to be fair, I don't know who the who the set director is, and I don't know um, who uh, is the cinematographer. But you know how to pick your shots. You really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some beautiful shots. Beautiful. Um, uh, I will say the, the the CGI looks great until it doesn't. Um, <laughs> that sounds terrible, but one of one of my favorite things that was done, um, or one of the funniest things to me that was done, was that Jacob when he's in that robot looks uh-huh. awesome. He looks fantastic. There's yeah, little minute details, but the episode with the guy who's trying to protect his family with the robot and almost kills his daughter. That yeah. robot was janky as hell. Like I could see it kind of moving, like when the camera would move, like they didn't properly track it. And it had more it had more frames than the actual camera was filming. Huh, again, I didn't notice, but again, a, I'm blind in one eye. So that, yeah, that was that's a me thing. You might not notice that. Other people might not notice that. And even my dad pointed out that like just because I love or sorry, because just not love, sorry, just because I could see all the plot twists coming. Um, and I didn't enjoy that I could see it coming. There's people that might enjoy that. So even yeah. if you, yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there who probably wouldn't see the plot twist. But again, all of us, I think we can say we probably did all see most of these plot twists coming simply because yeah. this is what we do. We listen to stories. We watch shows. We read books. We we know how this works by now. We know once it starts out a certain way, it's probably going to end a certain way, you know? Right. I mean, but that doesn't bother me because, again, to me, it's about how you tell the story. And maybe that's my Viking side 
You know, I like the po poetic edit. You know, it, it's it's about how you tell the story. I, yeah, think, I may I have think... heard it a million times, but what do you have to bring to the table to tell me about this story? I was going to say, and I think that's for me where it, it lost me is that none of the stories felt uh, uh, original. It was like, there's a very classic story here of, of a Romeo and Juliet situation. Oh, and time freeze. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. I can see that. Whatever. And I get that that's not, you know, that's not going to be a, a deal breaker for probably most people. Um, but it definitely was for me. It really was. <laughs> I was not enjoying it, I think, as much as maybe other people will or as popular as it seems to be because it has very, very good ratings. Yeah, it has a 7.5 also on uh, IMDb. I know that and I'm that's not... that's nothing to sneeze at. No. no it's not. Especially for something in the sci-fi genre, you know, because critics be harsh. You know, I mean, Lovecraft's doing much better. <laughs> I'm not well, Lovecraft surprised. Is definitely, I'll, I'll say this. If Lovecraft didn't have the 1950s angle where they're dealing with racists. I don't think I would enjoy the show as much. Well, imagine what they're going to be writing about us 30 years from now. Oh, I'm excited. I hope I'm alive for it. Yeah. I hope I don't have dementia or something. <laughs> Keep your brain active. Keep playing them video games. <laughs> I wanted, I want to, have you ever heard of a brain age? It's yeah. a slight ADD conversation now. Um, they came out with one in Japan for the Switch, and I really fucking wish they would come out with come out with that in in, in America because that that kind of thing is perfect. Like I I would I would exercise my brain every day more, way more than I exercise my body. But that's also a you want to keep your brain you know working and active. You got to exercise your body too. But whatever. Do you play video games every day? Just about yeah. Then you are exercising your brain. Yes, but it's more intellectually is what I well mean. i understand that intellectually but at the same time anyone who is a doctor who deals with alzheimer's patients will tell you that playing video games is a very good way to keep your brain engaged it doesn't matter what kind of video games it is it helps the connections between your oh, white matter I because totally. my my mother-in-law has alzheimer's and i tried to find this woman something to do she does nothing. She doesn't do anything but watch gospel TV. She doesn't listen to music. She doesn't do crossword puzzles. She doesn't play video games. She doesn't play board games. She doesn't do puzzles at all. She doesn't even read. And I'm like, my God, how do you exist at this point? This is insane. I'm you know, and that I'm, I wonder, is this why she has early onset Alzheimer's is because she did not engage her brain at all. I, I could be wrong. I really could be wrong. So please correct me if I am. But I thought Alzheimer's was genetic. It can be genetic, but there are things you can do to prevent it. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. We're, we're not completely sure how it works. What we do know is that it does tend to eat away at the white matter in the brain. But people who are in more fields that require more thought tend to deal with it better. Their brain does not deteriorate as quickly. 
It's, it's like working out a muscle, so I get that. I was yeah. going to say, uh, there's a game that I've been playing. Speaking of Alzheimer's, we're going to get back to subject in a second here. But um, there's a game I've been playing on, on Xbox because it's uh, free with Game Pass right now. Um, if you're looking for a chill-out game that has no combat and it's just all about um, helping uh, uh, people pass to the afterlife, uh, play Spirit Spiritfarer. Um, what you do is you meet people who are dead and... Um, uh, but you meet them as spirits and you uh, interact with them uh, in regards to their spirit animal. And so there's this uh, old lady that you meet and she's, she has a bunch of tasks that she needs to do. But one of them is uh, uh, later in the game, like is like, she starts acting a little strange. Like she can't remember who you are or where she is, or she thinks that you're her daughter and all this kind of stuff. And it turns out that um, she passed away due to an aneurysm because of her Alzheimer's. Aww. And that broke my fucking heart, and I had to stop playing the game for a minute because that's exactly how my grandma died. Well, that's what happened to my husband last year. It's rough. He's actually had about six strokes. And the last one that he had was right after we came back from the beach. And it, I thought he was going to die. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not easy, you know, but he's, he, came back through it amazing you know and watching his mom go through this it's it's hard you know so i mean playing video games is a definite way to keep your mind active you know you may not doing this is stimulating it intellectually you know because you're conversing with other people but you're also engaging your mind when you play video games it doesn't matter what kind you're playing you're engaging your mind, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, I do think a lot of what we got way off topic. I was trying to get back to where we were for some reason. My brain was like, nah, where were we? Um, wow. Why did we get there? How did we get there? Does anyone yeah. remember? I really don't. <laughs> no, I've got Alzheimer's. I don't remember. <laughs> How did we get there? All right. Well, the audience is going to have a field day with that one. Well, you know, it, in a way, maybe it did. I could understand. I don't know if you had, Did you guys watch Castle Rock on Hulu? No. No, I've never seen it. It has Sissy Spacek in it. And it had one of the most beautiful representations of Alzheimer's I've ever seen. I can't describe it, but I would say if you ever get a chance to watch the first season, do so because when it wraps up, I I looked at things completely differently, you know, and I can't say that about a lot of shows, but that one definitely made me look at the, the situation of Alzheimer's completely differently. So, I know, you know that my, I, my brother keeps telling me to watch it. Well, he wants me and my mom to watch it together. So, it yeah, it was definitely it. It's emotional. You know, it, it's one of the better Stephen King things I've seen, and you know, he's got his hands in it and he likes it. So, I like it. It's pretty good. But uh, yeah, Tales from the Loop. I mean, you know it. Sometimes I wonder if it is based on, you know, maybe it was stories 
you know, of old legends that somebody had heard. I mean, again, I, I do get the feeling of a creepypasta anthology. You know, that that's just exactly how it came off to me. And and I do like creepypastas, even though a lot of them have horrible grammatical errors and <laughs> the English teacher and me just wants to go in with a red pen on everything. But, uh, you know, they're, they're still good stories to me. You know, I know where you're going, but, you know, you still did a good job getting there. And yeah, that's I think, how I feel with the loop. Yeah, that's fair. I, 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 I feel the exact opposite. I like, I don't like if I, if I can see something coming, is it still entertaining? Um, and I just, I don't think I was that entertained by the stories being told. I just wasn't. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, I would have preferred a different perspective on the, on the way the story was told. Like, um, I think this is going to sound really strange. Let's take the first episode, for example. I think for me, if, if they had told it from the perspective of the mom and not Cole, I would have enjoyed that episode better. Like her, Cole and her going through everything, I figured it out too quickly because of those two. But if we followed the mom, kind of watching it from a distance and then discovering it the way that she did... I feel like would have been a better holy shit moment reveal. And that would have, it, it compelled me a little bit better, but that's me. Yeah. She, I mean, she was a very large part of most of the episodes. Again, the time one, I'm not really sure where that one fit into the whole thing. I have to admit that. <laughs> I was still trying to figure it out. I was like, was there somebody that she was? Oh, that's, that's who she, cause she was um, uh, Jacob's like love interest. And then the other kid dated her. Uh, that was her I was trying to remember. I was like, I can't fucking place it. That's so weird. But I mean, you know, again, I liked it. I, I don't know. I, to me, it's, it, it doesn't matter if I know how the story ends. I just want to hear the story and what you bring to the table with it. You know, if it, if you make it interesting, I'm still going to enjoy it. I don't give a shit if I do know how it ends and nothing's original anymore. Hardly anything. You know, if, if it can be done, it has been done and I'm okay I, with that. I totally agree with you. I don't, I don't think it's originality. That's the problem. Like time travel and alternate realities and, and mind swap and and androids and all that kind of stuff is totally fine. I just maybe want it in a different package is all than the mm. show gave. That's all. Well, how uh, did you feel, Josh? I mean, you you said you were iffy on the show. Uh, it was very very it was the tone that got me. It was so melancholy and bittersweet everything. That was um, true. Yeah, uh, it's just like sometimes you want a feel-good story, and this did not give you that at all. No, that no, it's definitely not a feel-good story. This was not. Uh, it drove Misty <coughs> nuts because she was wanting to enjoy it, and she was just like, everything's just so sad and tragic, and it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, but the stories are told well in that regard. If you're wanting, if you want to watch something that's a downer, Oh, well, this is all for you. <laughs> I could also think of something worse though. So there's that. 
I can think of worse things too. We watched them. Don't kiss me first. <laughs> not, not into. No, no. I don't mean that. I mean like things that are sadder than this. <laughs> things that are more melancholy than this. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I totally agree with you, Josh. I think that I mean it's it's definitely not one of the things that turned me off. Um, but well, yeah, it's, it's not a turn off. It's just detracted from my enjoyment. Um. And not that I disliked it. Uh, I, 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 I'm not saying that I disliked it at all because I enjoyed the show. I just feel I would have really appreciated, you know, maybe a happy episode here and there uh, instead of everything being so. Oh, this is look Shakespeare. At this. So uh, we're yeah, not doing yeah. happy endings in Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think you nailed it, Betty. Like this show to me feels like if if someone was trying to make Black Mirror into a Shakespearean play. Oh, yeah. It's like a teenager took all the best creepypastas they could find and made it into their own little Black Mirror. That might be what turns me off. Like, I think that's what turns, <laughs> not turns me off, but turns me away from it. Um, like we kind of talked about before we were recording that uh, it was just announced that CW is going to be doing a teenager Powerpuff Girls. Like they're going to be in their their teens, and we're going to it's going to be live action, and it's going to be on the CW. And I I don't have any interest in it because it's going to be a teenage drama that just happens to be with Powerpuff Girls. And I hope it's entertaining. I hope it's funny, and I hope that I can enjoy it because I'll give it a shot. But I don't have high hopes for it because teenage dramas just I just don't enjoy them. I, I had a friend a long time ago try to convince me that Degrassi was a great show, and I'm like, I'm not watching Degrassi. Uh, no. My little sisters watch that. No. Oh, and to be crystal clear, this show is not a teenage drama. I just want to make sure I'm crystal clear. No, it is that. not. <laughs> but it, it does have it does have that melancholy kind of feel that some teenage dramas have. <sighs> to an extent. Not every episode. What'd you think about the sci-fi, Josh? It was, it was just there. I mean, for what <laughs> they were doing, they didn't go into any real explanations. So, if you're trying to hold it like true to like what you know about science, don't. Um, <clears throat> just accept what you're being presented as as the laws in that universe. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have to remind my husband that all the time. My dad would, this show would drive him nuts because he, he's the kind of guy that has to have every little bit told to him. Oh, no. Like, for example, I, 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 I kind of used this a while back, but uh, we had a whole argument about Hunger Games because they never explain. They're just like, 13 districts, United States, post-apocalyptic capital, go. And it doesn't matter how we got there, daddy. <laughs> Daddy, it don't matter how we got there. It's about what happens after we got there. That's why it's exactly. not explained. <laughs> um, he has a hard time with that. He was just like, I want to know how the district's there and like, where's District 13 and and all this kind of stuff. Just like, Dad, okay, the district <clears throat> is in. Is that would in take a whole new set of books. Yeah, I mean, it really would to to tell the story to how they got there. That would take a whole. That would take a whole prequel of yeah. books. And there already yeah. is. A that just came out that she wrote, but it's about the 10th hunger games and not, you know, where the, the Ooh. books are 74th and 75th. So there probably will be more information given in that. Maybe right. that's if she wants to write more, but 
or she gives it off to other people that want to write more. But uh, the, the, the thing that's, but that's the thing about him. He has to have all that information. So when I was telling him about this show and he was like, so they explain what the loop is. Do they explain, you know, how the, how any of these sci-fi elements kind of work? And I went, absolutely nope. not. <laughs> not one bit. He's like, so why would I want to watch it? And I'm like, I didn't say you do. I was just telling you about the show. <laughs> well, if you had to say you have one favorite episode and one least favorite episode, which ones would it be for each one of you? Uh, we'll go with uh, yeah, my favorite's the, 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 the fourth episode with the grandfather and, the, and Cole. I love that episode. It was heartbreaking and it was it was beautiful at the same time. And the the echo chamber was really cool concept. Um my least favorite was probably the the dad and the and the android. Okay. I, like, oh, the I, one where he's on the island. Yeah, very bored of that episode. Mm. And what uh, about you, Josh? I don't know if I had a favorite. Um, I mean, I like them all about equally. Nothing really stood out. I think my least favorite was probably the uh, May and what was his name? Oh, the my. two young kids who got trapped in the time loop, or just in the uh, time the time stop. Yeah, the episode was stasis. Yeah, yeah, that one. That was probably my least favorite episode, only because of how 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 she was written. I guess how angry she was, um, and just it made me want her to get when she was saying that you know I can't handle being alone. I never want to be alone, and then you saw how nasty she was getting towards the guy with the poor foot kind of took offense to that and <laughs> wanted her to be i wanted to be left alone f- forever um, he said man smack that bitch up <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah i get that yeah whiny little teenage girls they're a pain I, I i've always had a huge fantasy about freezing time in general. Do you remember an old an old sitcom called Out of This World? No. no. Oh. <laughs> it might not have been popular to anyone but me. Um, it, I don't know how long it lasted, but it was a girl who was half alien, and her special power was when she touched her fingertips together, she could freeze time around her. And uh, and then when she put her when she clasped her hands together like a pray like in a praying fashion, it would it would re- it would resume time. That was that was the whole premise behind the sitcom, and then she lived her regular life with that knowledge that she was half alien. Okay. Um, so because of that sitcom, I've always had a I've always had a fantasy about like, what if I could freeze time right here? What if I, you know, like, and 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 I think that uh, I think because of that, I was really into like, man, I love this device. I would wear it all the time. I'd fucking freeze time and go get this and do that and. And exactly kind of what they did, I think that's what I would have done. I don't know about having sex in the middle of a street, but... Hey, that uh, sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get payment burns on my ass. Exactly. <laughs> think about your poor girlfriend's knees. <laughs> Eddie going down with the whole like. <laughs> well, there's a reason why she was on top. 
I mean, yeah, no, some things would be just be too close to the pavement for comfort there. <laughs> uh, you seen Joe mean? Dirt before? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Remember that poor dog that got stuck in the snow? Oh. Well, <laughs> forgot as, you get, as you get older, things elongate. Yep. So just imagine being on the street. It'd just be like two goddamn hard-boiled eggs sizzling and frying there. Fuck that. That's what banana hammocks are for. Yep. I mean, that's that's the male version of a bra because, you know, the older we get, the lower they hang. Did you say which was your favorite, Josh? Your favorite episode? And I missed it? <sighs> if yeah. I had to go with one, it would probably be the last episode with Cole and Jacob being reunited. Okay. Home? Yeah. Yeah, that one got an 8.6. People like that one a lot. I feel like uh, that one is is the culmination of everything. Like every is. building towards that. Yeah, I think yeah that that was the thing that tied it all together, you know, and I think the mom and the little girl that she is, <clears throat> she's she's part of. She is the loop that whole that kind of twines through all of this, in one way or another, except for the time travel. But her son does so. Um, for me, I personally really liked the one that you didn't like, Greg. Uh, Enemies. Oh, really? Yeah, that that was. I don't know. I got a soft spot for AI. I I mean, to find out, you know, because once we started watching it, I knew we were going to find out this was the kid who who grows up to be the guy without an arm. I knew that. You know, but we were going to find out how it happened. And I wasn't surprised, but I, I was really touched at the end of that episode. You know, I mean, because he wasn't angry. You know, he felt compassion yeah. and kindness towards that creature because in a way it was his brother, you know, and I, I had a lot of feels. I could say that for a least favorite one. Um, I would probably have to say. Uh, control. That's episode five. After the one with grandpa and son. I just. Yeah. I don't remember it well. And that's how I know I didn't like it. So. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling it up real quick because I'm like I'm trying to remember which one that was. Control. I had to go to IMDb. That's right. I remember uh, uh, one of the episodes that I didn't hate, but I hated that I saw the plot twist or the thing that they wanted me to see coming along a long time ago, like very early, um, and that was a. Uh, It was it was the 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 um, alternate reality one, and I went, oh, here comes a love triangle, like hella early. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Second, yeah. I was like, oh boy. Uh, oh, I'm control. used to it though. I mean, I, are you not used to this by now, knowing how something's going to turn out? Because I I feel 
tickled and surprised when something actually does catch me off guard. It rarely happens. Well, that's, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what's, I think that's where I'm, I'm, I'm at with this show is that, and, and I've, I've argued it before. I'm not against seeing the twist coming. I'm not against figuring it out early. And I think that's for me, a part of the show that I had, that I struggle with is like, is it a bad thing that I saw the twist coming? Is it a bad thing that I saw whatever they wanted to reveal to me in a way? And I think the problem is, is that maybe if the show didn't have the, like if it wasn't built to surprise you, I, I think that's where my problem lies is it's, I didn't feel like it was meant to surprise you so much as tell you a story. I see. I disagree. To tell you, to tell you a sad yet beautiful story as it was summed up in the very end. Yeah. I, I, I disagree with that mainly because there's a couple moments in the show where uh, a lot of the characters um, are like, let's take the first episode back to the whole time travel thing. Um, It's revealed to you via the mom. It's it's supposed to be a surprising moment for the audience as well as it is for her, and I and I disliked how that was presented to us. Um, if it was a situation where the show kind of gave us that information and then showed her shock in a slightly different way, I probably would have been a little bit more accepting of it. But because it just felt like they were like, <clears throat> "Gotcha, Twilight zoned you." I, I, it just it felt off. Maybe I'm p- taking it that way. Maybe that's how I I saw it. But I mean, again, it's the point of this podcast. Um, and I just I wasn't uh, I wasn't so into it as I guess other people might be. Uh, and again, and again, I cannot stress this enough. I'm not against the idea of seeing things coming. I'm not against of a story of you seeing the ending before it happens and, and figuring it out. Like not everything has to be M night Shyamalan and, and maybe they weren't trying to M night Shyamalan and they were giving you the information. And I just wasn't reading it that way. But when the show kind of has these like moments of, of in case you didn't figure it out, here it is. I was kind of like, Oh, that seems off. Hmm. I liked it. I thought it rounded itself out pretty well overall. I mean, it yeah. wasn't, you know, star quality, but it, I mean, it was, it was good. It was, I'm not saying, you know, Oh, I wasted so many hours of my life watching this. No, nah, I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. Not tomorrow, but I'd watch it again. Yeah, I was definitely, I was definitely too bored with it to watch it again. <laughs> oh, why don't we give our great, why don't we give our final thoughts and grades to it? Um, I'll go first since I'm probably going to give the lowest grade. Uh, again, a lot of the, the a lot of the predictability of it kind of ruined a lot of the fun. I guess I could have had with it. Um, I love I love sci-fi in a specific way to where it's it's got to be something that I really haven't seen before, and I've seen this kind of stuff before. Maybe not in the same package, but in a similar package. Um, so I feel like that's one of the reasons I was bored. Plus I, again, when a show does a lot of like, 
like in that episode that you loved, Betty, with the uh, um, the dad on the island. Uh-huh. Edward, uh, a lot of B-roll shots in that episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff bores me to tears. So, um, again, personal preference. I can't stress that enough. If you if you're into that sort of thing, great. I I just don't. I like when I there was a joke I made on on uh, somebody's YouTube video a while back where they made a very artsy video with like black and white shots and long arching shots of trees, and I just went, "What grade did this get?" Um, mm-hmm. For college or anything, they just made it. So I wanted to make a joke that it looked like a fucking art an art house film. Um, that I just I just don't enjoy that kind of stuff. I'm not saying. It's bad, just not for me. And so, uh, what's up? Well, so what's your grade? I was just gonna say that I give it a I give it a solid D plus. Ah. Gregory. That's 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 pretty low. That's harsh. <laughs> I don't know that it's harsh. A D a D maybe a C minus. Mm-hmm. I want to give it a passing grade, so C minus. Okay. I thought D plus was passing, but I guess C minus would be passing. D plus is not passing. Yeah, no, D plus you still gotta take the class over. So (laughs) So C minus. There you go. C minus. All right, Josh, what about you? Well, I'll give it a B. I don't think it was it was better than average, but I don't think it was stellar. Uh and I think that's more to the tone, you know, the very melancholy tone when I was hoping for something more exciting. And that's a personal thing, and I shouldn't knock it for that. Now, presentation-wise, the way it looks and the casting choices, I would score it a little bit higher, but it just wasn't what I was looking for. But it's still well done and worth a watch. Um, I just, you know, and it was originally my idea to watch this show. Um, I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, man, that looks really interesting. But... It definitely uh, wasn't what I was anticipating. And that's not a bad thing. It just, I was hoping for something different out of it, but I can't describe what it was. It gave me a very uh, fallout feel uh, in, in ways because it seemed timeless. Like certain things were very retro. Mm-hmm. Uh and yet other things very futuristic, and that's a very thematic element uh, in the Fallout series because it's like a future yeah. 1950s look, and this had like a future look from that era, so it had that feel definitely. Uh, okay. But I was I was expecting something more potentially post-apocalyptic versus... No, just living. These are our normal lives. Just living our lives like this. I wasn't expecting that, but it's still worth a watch and well done enough to where I could give it a B. And okay, all right, Betty. What do you think? I think I would give it a B plus. Uh, You know, I, I can't give it an A because you know, again. It does have its flaws, and there was nothing happy about it at all, but I'm not saying they have to please me with that, of course. Uh, But I think it was, you know, again, I think it was a very beautiful series. 
I do like the way they told the stories and how they intertwined and how how tales from the loop were really tales from the loop, you know? It 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 was interesting to me. It was I liked it. I liked seeing how the characters all fit together in the puzzle that was being made. I should have said and, that in my in my in my positive criticism is that's one of the things I did like too. Sorry. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you you kind of complete the puzzle at the end of it, and you know, it it, it didn't turn out happy, but it it turned out, you know, life goes on. Yeah. All right. So. Well, there you go, guys. Um, you know, I think that's I think this is an excellent episode as an example of what I'm hoping more from this podcast with the three of us. Um, I do enjoy that we have different perspectives, quite significant mm-hmm. different perspectives. And even if you disagree with, you know, like if you listen to this podcast, you're like, man, I really like Betty's opinion on everything. And Greg always disagree with her. Great. Mm-hmm. Fucking fantastic. Um, and vice versa. With same, yeah. Same goes the other way. <laughs> I know there's going to be some people who don't like what I have to say or don't like what Josh has to say, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Nobody likes what I have to say. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was great. I think you know the only thing that we really actually ever even kind of butted heads on was the was a subject that had nothing to do with the fucking thing in the general. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I really think even that was just a matter of miscommunication and me not saying my words right. So it might have been, but I, I, Greg, anytime his route either. <laughs> kick your leg out from under you. Um, I just have a strong distaste towards when people like, cause I always go by the motif of the more things change, the more they stay the same. And um, there's a lot of evidence towards that, but I feel like a lot of people don't go that way. They, they say that things are changed too much and I don't see that. So that's oh, why I'd I never was- say they changed too much, but I do think that having a child and a teenager, you do see in a different light not a clearer light i would say but in a definitely different light how much things have really changed and you have to acknowledge the fact that your child is going to be growing up and being an adult in a completely different world than you came into adulthood in i think one of the things i said to my dad all the time is 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 something i point out to him when he bitches about people wearing like a certain type of clothing that he seems uncouth you know i'm always just like i bet your dad loved your bell bottoms i bet your dad loved mm-hmm. your like uh, it, that's something i always think about when it comes to uh adults in 2020 or whatever year it has been for the past eight you know saying that they don't like a thing because the youth is doing it and i'm like nothing's wrong with tiktok you hmm. just don't want it because you think it's for kids when in reality, you should see the people I follow on there because they're not kids. I don't go on TikTok itself, but I do watch the YouTube compilation videos because they're funny as shit. You know, I love the ones watching people die inside. That's just hilarious. You know, because you- TikTok works very interestingly. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's an algorithm based on what you've liked or commented on. So if I don't like a video, I just scroll past it. I don't comment. I don't like it. But if I do like it, 
I like it. If I want to make a comment on it, I comment on it. So that way the algorithm goes, okay, so this set of hashtags interested this person. So let's show him more of that. So now my, my for you page is full of just hilarious dumb shit. Yeah. That's my YouTube because you know, it, it knows what I like and what draws yeah. me. So I've got, uh, watching people die like TikTok fails and shit like that. I've got documentaries about history. I've got murder mysteries. I mean and songs and parodies. People if they saw my YouTube, they would think I was the weirdest fucking person in the world. <laughs> Just based on what comes up in my recommended lists. It's like people are gonna think if Jeff dies, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to prove my, he's going to have to write a letter, man, saying if I die, she didn't do it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's, I, I feel like that's the same for my mom. She watches, I would say that's, that's the only thing she watches throughout the day is uh, true, true crime stories. Um, I was watching them watch another uh, uh, one the other day. Um, and the announcer was cracking me up because he was that type of guy who was like, and then they found the knife or, uh, it's it's like interviewing somebody from the past. Like it's even like in in uh, you know four by three and not you know widescreen. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it goes back to widescreen because it's still a HD channel, and the guy's just like, and then they found a fingerprint. Like, huh. Stop doing that, please. It is so bad. And then I'll make a joke about it. My mom's like, so you're going upstairs when again? Like you were leaving the room again when? Like, all right, I get it. I won't make jokes anymore but this is really stupid. Just the way that it's presented is really bad. Like just show the evidence, show the show this trial, like just stop, stop, just stop. Yeah. Sometimes I've come across some of those, you know, the bigger used to be on TV type shows, but for the most part, I watch smaller YouTubers who go over, you know, like missing person stories, uh, old stories from the past where people got murdered, things like that. Um, I've, I don't want to know about the serial killers that are still alive because they scare me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've actually commented that with my dad. He'll be listening to this episode. So dad, I hope you're listening. Um, I, I, I really, really, really dislike um, watching those as often as he does him and my mom. Cause that's kind of all she watches unless they have some kind of like syndicated show that they've recorded. Um, and I hate it because it's so depressing. Oh, honey, one of my little sisters when she lived with me, she watched so much Law and Order SVU. I was like, "You've got to stop! This is the most depressing shit in the world. It's nothing but rape and sadness." Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like once in a while I feel like it's okay, but when you're like constantly just so then they found blood and semen all over her i'm like come come on come well, on see you know and i'm sitting there going that's not how i do it you know <laughs> i mean if i were gonna kill somebody this is how i would do it you know we, yeah i'd never get caught and i'm like oh shit man fbi agent if you're listening to me I don't mean it. I really don't mean it. You know? <laughs> if any of my enemies go missing, I had nothing to do with it. I have an alibi. Oh, uh, but hey, also FBI agent, why don't you fucking subscribe to the channel instead of just listen? <laughs> All right, guys, I think we're going to call it there.
Um, I need to get dinner as I'm hungry. You. <laughs> yeah. Are uh, you hungry, Josh? I, I could eat. All right. Are we you doing want a little package? Haggis? I don't you want any haggis. haggis? Right. I don't I want, want any haggis. haggis. We're doing haggis. this. It's fun. Nope, it's good. <laughs> uh, you're Nick, just mad because you can't do it, yeah, we girl. No, I can't do accents. I, I literally, I, we said this, I, we talked about this the other day in our private conversation. <laughs> I can do a good George Lucas and a decent Quentin Tarantino, and that's it. You want me to do an accent? It's going to sound atrocious. Who the fuck knows what George Lucas sounds like? I don't uh, know. Well, now we're going in, we're shifted into our Liverpool accents, oh, are we? That's where my family's from. I'm canceling this podcast. It's over. No, you're not. <laughs> you love us and you know it. I wish I could reverse time and go back to before I asked Josh to do this podcast. Okay, share. No, no, you don't. Whoa, share. <laughs> Dude, if you're going to be wearing that outfit, you got to make a TikTok of that. <laughs> yeah, dude. To, if was, you're gonna be on TikTok, you need to be making some TikToks. I, I was want some. A, I was actually doing a small series. I, I want to go back to it, but I was making a small series with my dog Scarlet, where I'd hold her and ask her questions about uh, uh, modern topics of the day and how she feels about them. Mm-hmm. But you know, she's a dog, so she just looks around like what, and then she'll lick me, and I'll be like, "Is that a yes or a no? I don't understand what this is." Oh, she doesn't do the little dog growl face. I wish to make it so much better. Oh my God. Milo does that. And then sometimes his, when he's like sleeping really hard, his lip will get dry and it'll get stuck. So his teeth will be sticking out and he <laughs> looks like he's like snaggle tooth. He's like a little Cujo. We call him Steven when he looks like that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, guys. So next week um, we're going to be reviewing uh, uh, Lovecraft country episode four. The Boys Season 2, Episode 1, 2, and 3, which I know we, all three of us are very excited for. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Betty will also be able to give us her opinion on Season 1 as a whole, which would be great. Um, but we're also going to have a very important conversation next week. Uh, we're going to have a guest on. We'll uh, surprise you guys with that, unless Betty wants to tell us who it is. Oh, we can tell. Okay, well, go ahead. Tell us who it is. Um, my sister, my older sister, who I love dearly and is my best friend in the entire world, is going to be coming on to talk about the struggles of addiction in the United States because she has been through it herself and she is a recovered addict and she is very passionate and knowledgeable about this subject. And we feel like it's important that other people need, need to be on the up about it as well. And, you know, the realities of what it's like loving an addict and living as an addict. Perfect. Um, I, 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 Josh and I have kind of discussed it a little bit in the past, and we both have addiction in our history as well with our family. So, um, yeah, I think everybody will have something to bring to the table with this. Yeah. One. So I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to that. It's going to be, it's going to be a heavy discussion, but it's going to be a much needed discussion because, yeah, it's not discussed enough in this fucking country unless you're no. like addicted to alcohol or something. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's going to be next week, guys. Um, it'll be partially fun, uh, partially heavy, but all around good, I feel like. Uh, no more arguing with Betty, I promise. 
Unless we just Oh, that wasn't an argument, trust me. That was just a disagreement. <laughs> he thinks that's an argument. You're right. He's definitely it. not married. Argument <laughs> very loosely, just FYI. Uh but um now wait till my sister gets on here and then you'll understand what arguing is. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no we love up. each other. We're gonna pick on each other hardcore. I'm just gonna tell you now when we two get together, it, it gets wild. It really does. So be prepared. Uh I use the term argument and in, in, in the idea of that it's two people discussing something they disagree with in a fashion that is befitting each other. A debate is a is a mediator and one person says something for a time, then stops, then the next person says so that's a debate. An yeah. argument is two people discussing something they don't agree on. Period. There's heated discussions or heated arguments, heated uh disagreements, yada yada yada. So when I say argument, I mean it loosely, just so you know. That's good. Uh, all right, guys. That was fun. Anything else you guys want to add? Oh no, Josh has got to do the. We got to do the link dump. I forgot about that. Uh, links down below the show notes. Follow them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically uh, where you find everybody like everything that we do. You can go follow us and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, um, if you want to follow me personally, you can on Facebook. Probably uh, be angered by things that I post. I know other people have been, and uh, they're dropping like flies. Yeah, um, if they don't like it, they can leave. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, my, it's my thoughts. So. Yep. But if you like hearing my thoughts, then you probably like that content. So by all means, give me a follow on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Those are linked to my Facebook page. And, you know, uh, that's it for the time being. Uh, now, this week, even though I have stepped away from my Realm-related podcast for the time being, this week is the 100th episode of NPSP Theater, and I told the guys that I would like to be a part of that if they would have me, and they absolutely want me to be there. So I am going to be on the 100th episode since I had been there since episode one. I'm just taking a break. I figured that was too big of a milestone to not be a part of. <clears throat> well, good for you. I'm happy but for yeah, you. That, that that's that's me. So check that out tonight on the Realm of Collectors channel uh, on YouTube at 9 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. Tonight, as of day of publishing, which will be Friday the fourth. Uh, that's me, uh, Betty. You. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook at uh, Betty Badger Ogletree. You can follow me on Instagram at Petricor Betty, and you can follow me on Twitter at Bright Betty. So it's Betty, 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 Betty. You'll find me. Betty, nice. Betty, Betty. Uh, fun fact, Betty. Before we get into mine, um, there's a uh, a story from when I was a kid. Uh, one of my good friends, Brian, he actually introduced me into Star Wars um, by via movie, but I don't remember which one. Anyway. Not Star Wars, Star Trek. He introduced me to Star Trek. Wow, I, okay. I I need to put my nerd card down for fucking. That. <laughs> uh, anyway, his his mother um was uh, a little bit of uh, might have been Coke. I think she was into Coke. Damn. Uh, not Pepsi. <laughs> I knew you were gonna <laughs> say that. I had, I had a feeling I was like one of these two are gonna say fucking, but not Pepsi. Um. Anyway, her also her name was I like also both. Betty. <laughs> But because she was into one of those drugs, she was always sweaty. 
So she was known as Sweaty Betty. <laughs> and That's so horrible. When I told, <laughs> it's pretty bad. So the other day when I told my mom about like the podcast or I was mentioning something or the conversation you and you and me and Josh were having, she just goes, "Every time you say Betty, I think of Sweaty Betty," and I'm like, "You, <laughs> you just not." <laughs> well, that made me laugh. Um, you guys can follow me on everything on at all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, and um, I've been doing some streaming off on with uh, uh, Fall Guys, but um, I know that I want to try to do a Jackbox stream here, so. You know, follow the Twitch. Same Chub Rock Geek. Um, yeah, apparently th- we're in an open relationship here, and I didn't know about it. What? Huh? <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all have got other things going on. I don't. <laughs> I'm oh, so pathetic and lonely. <laughs> don't worry about it. I've been doing stuff on the internet for a god for for fucking ever. Like, tr- trust me, it's not it's not as glamorous as you think it is. Um, my life isn't as quiet as I'd like it to be. Oh but man, it's trust me. Once we start back school, I'm gonna be busy as fuck. You know, so I'm <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Lesson planning is a bitch. I would love you to get in on one of our Jackbox streams. Um, have you, you've never played it, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's it's super fun. You don't have to buy anything. You just have to have a phone with a with a browser. That's all, and watch the stream on something. So you can like yeah. literally watch the stream on Twitch and then Yeah, on your laptop and then play on your phone. <clears throat> yeah, that works oh. too. Yeah. That's cool shit. Yeah. Um the, the it's it's a, a long, long time ago. Um in a the, galaxy far away. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> that's not uh, Star Trek. That's called Star Wars Great. I'm going I'm going <laughs> to punt this whole podcast into the sun. Watch me do it. <laughs> Like you've exercised enough in your life to have that kind of leg strength. Have you noticed how fat I am? These legs are pretty <laughs> fucking powerful, sir. They have to carry all this weight all day. That doesn't mean you can put a podcast to the sun. Uh, you'll, you know what? You'll see. You'll see. Just keep doubting <laughs> me. See what happens. Hey, in a fight, I'm going to bet on the cyborg every time. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, what I was going to say is that. Um, uh, it's a lot of fun when we do it because we're just goofy fucking fuck offs and whatnot. Um, if you do join us, Betty, what we try to do is, is, is get together and like a call. So that way we can talk while we're playing at the same time and have guests. But um, yeah, a long time ago when the game, uh, uh, these, these guys, have you ever heard of a game called the, you don't know Jack? No An old PC game from back in the late nineties. Say a uh, trivia game. Yeah, I was not in the loop on anything back then, so no. Uh, it was a very, it was very, it was decently popular at the time, but they kind of dropped off, and their company name was uh, was Jellyvision, and they completely restructured it and and became um, Jackbox. And uh, the first game they made was called Fibbage, where it gives you a random fact with a blank taken out of it, and you have to fill that in with either a lie or a um, a. Uh, uh, or what you think might be the truth. And the point is, is to try to trick other players into guessing your lie as the actual answer. Yeah, you told me about that. Okay, okay. It wasn't, I, I thought I might have, but I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, so um, 
I started playing that on stream because I I recognized that I was like, if people playing on their phones from a browser, they don't have to have the game. And uh, it just kind of became a thing. But um, uh, they recognized that streamers were doing this. They, the, the company had recognized that. So they started implementing more streamer friendly um, um, options. So like if I'm playing a game where people are able to put their own answers in and they decide to put something that I don't want on my stream, I can see it before it goes up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun. And I'd love to have you on. I'd love to have you with us playing that. If, if you're down, it's we, you know, we kind of go late and whatnot. So we'll yeah, that might be a problem. Cause I'm already like tired. My eyes are drooping over here. <laughs> oh yeah. We're recording later than normal. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am a much diurnal creature. I once night hits, it's like my body says, bed, bed, <laughs> so I get that. And I'm I up mean, with the sun. So yeah, I'm, I'm three hours ahead of you guys, but I'm uh, like when it's late for you guys, it's, it's like mid evening for me. So yeah. But um, regardless, uh, the the seventh pack is coming out very soon. They're they're starting to play like have YouTubers play some of the games now, which means it's like a month away probably. Um, so I know that we kind of want to get back into that, Josh. Uh, yeah, playing it more often. But um, yeah, if that's something you're interest, interested in, uh, Twitch.tv slash But that's it for me. Um, and what he you. said there was Chub Rock Geek. I said that in very quick. In case you didn't catch it. It's <laughs> Chub Rock Geek. Yeah, C-H-U-B-R-O-C-K-G-E-E-K. It's Chub Rock Geek. See, we I, talk slow so people understand us. Oh, don't worry about that. That's we not... don't want to have to repeat ourselves. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. Not a, not not a big concern of mine because I just talk fast enough to where people go, huh? And I got to repeat it as quickly as I. No, I, that's the problem around here is when you repeat it, it's always you have to say it louder and slower. As <laughs> um. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you join us next week. I think next week's gonna be a great fucking episode. I'm very excited for it. Uh, go watch Lovecraft Country. Go watch. Absolutely. It. Like, do it. What are you waiting for? Go do that. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Peace, love, and polypops. <laughs> <laughs> did I just say polypops? You did. I did. I'm so tired.